What what was your mistake, Trevor? Uh, not looking at the doc. Oh, holy cow! You. We've got so much to talk about. I'm glad you admitted that on air. Because uh, oh, surprise! <laughs> oh, this one actually was a surprise. That was episode really cool. 116 of Off the Crossbar. For the li- the listeners at home, we've been on this uh, video podcast together for mere seconds before Matt started recording. We didn't that was, even. We that was even good, Matt. Pre-game banter. I saw you, my window of opportunity, and I knew I had to take it. Fully got me on that one. Yeah. Well. I, I don't know if I'm actually ready to start, but uh, I mean, we might as well now. <laughs> we, we can pause it and come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you have your coffee? I do have my coffee. In fact, let me tell you something about my coffee here. tonight. I planned ahead. Is it black? I have No, it's not black. Of course not. Um, I usually make, when I make a pot of coffee, I usually make enough for like two or three cups, right? Pretty standard. Yeah. And I... If I'm planning ahead, I drink a cup and then I get a cup and come down and record the pod so that I get my two cups of coffee, but it's also like still hot while I'm doing the pod. Okay. And what occasionally happens is I just get the one cup, I come down and then I finish the cup when we're like halfway through the pod and I think, oh dang, I'm out of coffee. My coffee in the pot is going to be cold by the time I get up there. It's kind of a sad situation. So this time I have my (laughs) cup of coffee. Okay. But besides that, I've also got my thermos of coffee. Oh, okay, okay. So that will stay warm and that will be ready to go when my cup of coffee is done, which it will be quite shortly. I actually, uh, I love doing the, I I don't drink coffee really much anymore. It's more just a little decaf treat for me every once in a while. But when I used to be like bring a coffee to the office kind of guy. The best is the best thing to do for me was to always bring the coffee in like a thermos, like a lot of it, like 24 yeah. ounces minimum, and then bring like a separate cup that I would just be pouring small bits in and just, you know, have it when it's hot, you know? And so it never yeah. really gets cold because I'm always just, you know, filling my, a, my cup up with a little bit of hot coffee each time. I've got a boss that does that. He's got a big old thermos that he does. I don't because I don't have a, like I'm driving for the first two hours of my day usually. Yeah. So, so you're not sitting at like, a I desk. just have my thermos. Yeah, yeah. And I would, I used to have a, uh, I had a nice little glass, uh, coffee mug that had like a little, it was a really pretty cup to drink out of. It was always a nice, uh, visual experience. My, I, I wanted to report back that my mom loved your Gandolfo's coffee story. <laughs> All of that for their coffee to just be really bad. That was really great. Can um, I, can I add a quick addendum to that story? Sure. I went back to Gandolfo's this past Saturday mm-hmm. and this time I was like, we're just going to get a coffee. We're just going to order it black. That's easy. Nobody can yeah. mess that up. I ordered the coffee and the girl was like, would you, would you like that warm? <laughs> um hot actually please can i get hot coffee the offer of warm is so funny because <laughs> like this is a state where uh you know you get a lot of funny questions like do you do you want caffeine in your coffee do you yeah, want, yeah. like it's a little the, extra the hotter ice great, a, yeah the hotter <laughs> ice is a pretty common question as well yeah uh, it i i, I think you should I think the default should always be hot coffee, and it's uh, unless otherwise stated, which makes it iced. 
That's how I feel. But I understand places like if I order a latte, people are going to ask hot or iced. And like, I get that. That's fine. That's fine. But Um, just a black coffee? Warm? (laughs) Warm? I mean, that's usually not one of the options. (laughs) Did she mean hot? She just said warm? I think she was like, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. I think she genuinely like just didn't know. But I think if we're giving her the benefit of the doubt, she was wanting to ask, did you want it hot or iced? And like in her head, the default was iced. And so she was like, do you want it not iced, like warm? But it just came out. Do you want it warm? And <laughs> nice. I just, it was very funny to me. The other thing I had to report back on was that my mom said she really missed the era of our podcast where we just reviewed and talked about Bon Appetit YouTube videos, <laughs> which may have only been like one episode, but like, oh I, no, it was like was it, did we seven episodes throughout the beginning of the pandemic because okay, I yeah, went she, through all of those I videos. I think she was experiencing some uh, pandemic nostalgia. Uh, I don't know if it was because I am, you might, I might sound a little different because my, I'm still apparently recovering from COVID that I, that nice. I had or, uh, which was great. I love, yeah, how are you feeling? That. I feel, I feel totally normal, except I just have leftover like congestion in my head, which okay. is really annoying. Annoying, yeah. but like, I'm glad you're on. Thank the you. Yeah, no, I, uh, I really put, I put things to the test. Um, the other day I went to the gym, uh, at night and really just tried to it's the first like phys- like strenuous physical activity I did since I got COVID. Uh, I never like had any like my oxygen never dipped low or anything, so I didn't I didn't expect it to be too hard, but it was a little <laughs> a little tiring. And then I went to Snowbird and I had a ski day. Uh, well, I guess I could just start social hours. So I yeah. got COVID, <laughs> and uh, um, I got COVID at uh, a karaoke party in which I sang a few songs by The Cure. It was an nice. 80s karaoke party. Did you do uh, Friday I'm in Love? Just Like Heaven uh, was, was and then Boys Don't Cry were the two, I think. I, I said. Um, yeah, Just Like Heaven is my RSL game day song, I, which I've okay. probably mentioned on this podcast before. Uh, That's a pretty good game day song. Mine's a is. weird Japanese song. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. I, uh, I It's been so long since we recorded. I'm sure a lot happened, but like, you know, yeah. it happened. Like, so I, I got COVID. Um, I, I thought, I think I got it. I, the, the timing is very strange because I think I got it that day or the, the, over this weekend, I went to a Sundance movie the next day. I saw my friends. Uh, I saw Matt, Lucas and Colin. We, we ate uh, Thai food inside Lucas's uh, van outside of Lan Na Thai one day, which was awesome. Beautiful moment. And then that, that night, I, uh, in the middle of the night, like start, like I felt fevery. Like I woke up and I was like, oh, this is weird. And I don't ever get fevers ever. Like I, I don't, I, the last time I got a fever was probably like 10 years ago, maybe. Wow. Um, Lucky. I was like, oh, that's weird. But like, you know, there, I don't know. I guess it maybe just depends on the variant, but it's very, like I saw people throughout the day Monday and none of them got sick from me. Uh, and we were in very close quarters on Monday, uh, the, the four of us. And so I don't, I, it's, I'm, it's also strange because then I started, I was testing negative on rapid tests, uh, the day I was feeling the first day I was feeling sick. And then I went and got a PCR test and it came back the next day and it was positive. So 
um, and then tested positive on rapid tests for many days after, uh, which was very annoying. But um, yeah, anyway, so that week was was kind of strange because I I did end up missing uh, an in-person Sundance movie I was supposed to see that week, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, but I did get to see one on Sunday, uh, a movie that was picked up by A24 called, uh, I always mess up the name. Um, uh, it's like French or something, or you just don't remember it? <laughs> no, I always, I always want to say the name is a, a, a very, it's a line that they repeat in the movie and over, over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, it's not called that. I just keep thinking it's called that anyway. It's this really good horror movie. Uh, it's called Talk to Me, um, is what it's called. And they, yeah, A24 bought it while I was at Sundance. I saw it at the Broadway. Uh, the directors were there. It was very good. Um, loved that. And then I had, I have, I have a friend that works for Sundance, and I got a bit of a hookup, and I had an uh, online, I, have, I had like an unlimited online pass. So that was pretty beneficial for that first week of having COVID because watch, you know, 14 movies uh, good timing kind of, of, that, of that week yeah very strange though because i'm not i don't i'm not somebody who's like oh i never take sick days i just like don't take sick days because i'm never really like sick anymore like i don't get sick really like i take vacation days i just don't ever like i work from home so if i'm not feeling well like i i get, i just don't ever get to the point where i'm like oh i am too sick to work but i was too sick to work that day and then it was just like weird uh, Sundance movie week. So, um, yeah, I spent a lot of time doing that, watching those. I watched white Lotus season two, thought it was phenomenal. Uh, liked it more than season one, even, um, started the last of us. That's really well done. Love that. Nice. I don't know how you guys feel about zombie movies and TV shows, but I think you Good. both are very much on board. Very much. Can I clarify something? Yeah. This is a point that I'm going to stick on because it's, it's not a zombie movie. Okay. Like it is. And we're it's all, we're all going to call it a zombie, it's a zombie show game, whatever, but they're not zombies. Well, they're zombies. It, they're, zombies. they're just, they're, they're it's, it's a different, zombies. how are, how is it not though? Because zombies because don't it's necessarily, a, it's, it's indicate a fungus. The t- yeah, but that's the other, just zombies they're aren't mushroom definitionally people. virus, virus based. Yeah. No, they're, they're mushroom people. They are mushrooms. They're fungus. <laughs> yeah, but they're, they they're fun zombies. guys. Like, what's the that... definition of zombie? Okay, the I, I last one to say here, actively... I am shocked right now that Trevor's being pedantic about this. Yeah. And we're going to have to have <laughs> We're so shocked. <laughs> we're okay. so shocked that Trevor, who I've definitely talked about playing this game before. I love The Last of Us. It's my favorite thing that I've ever played video game wise ever 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 and ever since i knew that they were doing a tv show i've been stoked about it i think you and mentioned it on air we, yeah. we're definitely going to talk about the last of us like in detail here yeah but, okay so uh yeah miriam they're, webster they're mushrooms that's my only who, like little sticking point that yeah, i'm gonna like, like really i i know i just what i don't want this is the problem i definitely when i'm talking about this and like explaining the show to people and explaining the game to people like they're zombies. I'm, I get it. Okay. But I just don't want this to be put in like, it's a zombie show. Because if you tell people Me that neither. it's a show about zombies, then people are going to be like, oh, you mean like The Walking Dead or like oh, Dawn of the Dead or like 28 Days Later or whatever that one was. Or World War Z. Or, it's not like any of Less those at all. And I don't want it put in that category. Okay. Wow. That's the only reason I'm putting my foot down hold, on it. Like hold, it's hold on. what Dawn of the Dead are you talking about? Are you talking about the, the remake, the original or the remake? I, either of them. Don't they both have zombies? 
Yeah, but okay. they're very different movies. Okay, the sure. First I agree that they're zombie. very different movies, but they're not. It's it's not a zombie TV show. This is what I think the key part of the definition of zombie is. Okay, okay. a will willless and speechless human held to have died and been supernaturally reanimated is the first one. But specifically, the willless and speechless part, like that's what I think generally they didn't define, die will, and then get reanimated. I mean, you. I mean, the, the, the reanimation process probably kills like yeah. the person, yeah, the, fung- the fungus yeah. kills the person. And then it becomes a, like a soulless, like now living, but being, con- it's, it's a willless, the, the will part, Trevor. So, okay. All right. like, okay. I mean, I, I understand, you know, it's a unique type of zombie compared no, to, I, like I said, I really just based. I, I just don't see. want people to categorize it or think of it as like a traditional, like, zombie scary movie like that's fair it's, so, it's not funny it's a completely thing, different type of show i actually think it it bears a lot of resemblance to 28 days later in some it key actually ways. does and what i was gonna say is that i am i like I, I'm, I'm realizing one of my my favorite uh, it's not really a trope but like my favorite uh parts of all of these types of like apocalyptic type shows where they like you know these similar themes is always the lead up to the disaster and like when it starts to get crazy like those i love like so the first episode of the last of us and then like flashbacks that take place in the second episode like where they find like the first people that uh like this started happening to i love that stuff and like i was thinking about when i watched like station 11 like it wasn't even there's not even it's not like zombies in station 11 there's a, a virus but like there's something like i don't know i'm like obsessed with like that period of time in each one of like the the new dawn of the dead the best some of like the the best part of that movie was like the disaster part or the like leading up to the disaster same thing with what's the uh a quiet place like mm-hmm. all that stuff that's like in the second one when it's like flashing back to the day that everything got crazy i love that stuff where there's always crazy car scenes there's like people freaking out people there's like mm-hmm. a crazy getaway the, the car the car chase scenes or the, the dramatic escape trope definitely a trope in these kinds of movies love it i think it's so fun um a lot of the movies get bad oh like world war z another or uh world war z no oh, i don't know what's the one i'm thinking of uh war of the worlds alien yeah. movie still mm-hmm. best parts of that movie in my opinion were like when things get crazy at the light they start to see the lightning and tom cruise is running around with dakota fanning it's and his son, I can't remember his name, but he kind of disappeared from acting. Even though Tom Cruise Jr. Tom Cruise Jr. <laughs> um, yeah, I just love, oh man, there's something about like those parts of those movies. Beautiful. I think it's always so good. Even if the rest of the movie ends up sucking. But anyway, so I've been watching that show. Uh, I feel like I've been up to, I finally uh, got out over the weekend because I finally am clear of, of the virus besides just annoying symptoms. Like I said, I went to Snowbird yesterday uh with a, a few work friends um we have work a work on site this week so like people are traveling into town and monday was a travel day so for some of us who live here we were just like we're going up to snowbird it's a really good snow day it snowed a lot on sunday it snowed a lot overnight into monday uh canyons i just it's i get why people are really uh frustrated by the situation obviously because um they're not really good about making sure that the right cars are going up the canyon. Like there weren't any cops monitoring 
uh, who was driving up. So there were a lot of cars that were not prepared for the conditions, a lot of accidents that took place, horrible traffic getting up, horrible uh, conditions for the tow trucks and plows to get up to the accidents. It's, it was just the whole thing. So um, a couple of my coworkers made it up in their cars. I I thought I didn't have chains with me. And so and they I thought they were going to put in a full chain uh requirement so i actually parked my car at at a at a park and ride on little cottonwood and like 31st east and i hopped on a bus and the the bus was packed and i was like oh man this is kind of making me claustrophobic and the bus driver she was like it it might take us like two hours to get up there like the roads are it's 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 crazy i was like oh i'm not gonna sit on this bus for two hours i'm not i'm not doing that so i hop off the bus and then like 20 minutes later, the roads cleared up and they got all the accidents uh, cleaned up. So then it was pretty like smooth sailing up the canyon. So then I was like, I'll just get the next bus. But then all the buses were up the canyon and were way off schedule because they were all stuck in that traffic. So, um, yeah. So what I ended up doing was uh, hitchhiking with a random guy in a Honda CRV and I got up, uh, got up the canyon and it was really nice. So shout out to that guy. I don't know his name. He liked folk music. So yeah, hitchhiked, had fun. Great, great ski day. Once I got up there, I snowboard. I, I just call it ski day anyway. Uh, but yeah, Snowbird is a pretty resort. I haven't been there in a little while. So, but yeah, that's that's what I I've been up to. That's kind of a long long update. I don't think I've and then yeah ever been I up to Snowbird or even like I keep because in the summer they do like the if you hike up they'll let you take the lift down that kind of th- or vice versa something like that right yeah you can take the tram up i mean you have to pay generally but yeah you gotta pay a couple bucks but like they'll give you a lift either up or down the mountain i don't remember what it is but you both yeah okay well i keep meaning to take advantage of that and do that and then i just never do i never get up into those canyons yeah you should because they're the best in my opinion my favorite canyons but all right um Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's go, Matt. Matt, let's go to Hi. you. What's going on with you? Um, so first, uh, I bought this Whoa. delicious soda. It's Dr strawberries Pepper strawberries and cream, zero sugar. Oh my goodness! Uh, immediately, I d- figured out what it tasted like. Does it taste it like is. strawberries and cream, Dr Pepper? No, but it like tastes slightly like- less good because of the zero sugar. It tastes like oops all berries. Oh, does it really? It does. All right. It, it's o- good. Oops all berries are are preferable not only because probably they taste better, it's because they they don't have the ones that cut your mouth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I those are the best, but I miss Captain Crunch so much. You know what you could do is you can just go buy Captain Crunch. You're an adult. You can you can make that decision. I mean, oh, wait a minute. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this a gluten thing? Is that why you can't do Captain Crunch? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor, be considerate. I, uh, (laughs) I buy Reese's Puffs. I'm so insensitive about that, but I'm sorry. Reese's Puffs. I I love being an adult buying Reese's Puffs cereal. That's that rules. No, they are incredible. Um, other than that, uh, I watched the menu today. Uh, Oh, do you like it? Yeah, it was fun. I had a good time. It is fun. Um, I thought it was like really funny. Um, yeah, that line about student debt made me laugh really hard. And I like in the theater, <laughs> like it, that when I saw that movie it was really funny. Cause like 
there were like a decent amount of people in the movie theater and like no one else thought it was like funny. And I think they were taking it very face value as like a horror movie. Oh, and I was like, there were some things that were said in that movie that made me like guffaw. Like I was like slapping (laughs) my knee, like a damn seal. And uh, people were just not enjoying it at that level. And I thought, I, I thought it was more funny than anything else, but yeah, I mean, it was not, I mean, it was not a straightforward horror movie. No, in any sense of the term. Um, I do have tickets to see the new M. Night Shyamalan movie on Ooh, Thursday. So I'm I happy to report I might back see on it that. Thursday as well. That sounds um, like a good move. I yeah. was, uh, I've heard some good things about it, actually. Which, well, if which you want to come is... down to uh, the cinema and Sugar House. Okay. What is the new M. Night Shyamalan movie? Knock at the Cabin. That's the one. Okay, That's with the one. Dave Bautista. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that guy. Okay. Yeah. That's right. um, other than that, I've spent a lot of time programming over the last three weeks for... Reasons that For, will become uh, very clear and okay. the news yeah. section, but we'll wait. I mean, we can talk about them now. SB Nation is dropping. We got laid off. All <laughs> yeah. we, we're no longer employed by Vox Media we, uh, or SB we Nation. We all got laid off from our podcasting job. <laughs> is what happened. I feel like this is a little insensitive. I, I mean, that's what happens. It's, it's literally like, like we got the emails. People, Vox laid off a lot of people, and a lot of uh, some of those people were. I mean, we're us or people like us. So, um, yeah, I mean, Vox uh, did, uh, yeah, dirty. did bad business stuff. They did a lot of people dirty. Yeah. And then they did a lot of SB Nation sites really dirty. And we were one of them. So, yeah, Matt's been rebuilding everything from scratch and it looks great. So, Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of fun to rebuild. Uh, things are working pretty well. So. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to report that the podcast should continue on the, it, it won't be the same feed, but it'll redirect. So it should be fairly seamless to you. Uh, this will be published on our old feed and our new feed. Um, but if the old feed doesn't redirect for you, uh, you can just go to wasatch.soccer and, uh, there's a subscribe button right on that, that homepage. So I'll be putting it in both places and make sure that everyone gets both of them. Nice. And if you want to listen to it twice, uh, that is certainly an option and one we uh, completely support. Yeah. Juice those numbers, huh? Yeah. That's I'm not I'm not really going to combine the numbers. I yeah. I like looking at them once and then moving on. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So we'll talk about that again maybe in a sec. Yeah. But yeah, Matt's been, Matt's been busy. Yeah. A lot of programming, uh, a lot of TV watching alongside that. Uh, watched... You know, a bunch of Marvel stuff. Watched uh, Miss Marvel, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, I'm not familiar finished. with Miss Marvel. It's uh, so it's a, a teenage superhero type. Uh, she's uh, from Pakistan. Shenanigans ensue. All sorts of stuff. Uh, it's pretty good. I mean, it, oh, it's okay. it's Marvel TV. Uh, I think Marvel TV is still way better than Marvel movies generally. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's because I love TV, but um, I'm wanting, w- wanting, I'm watching uh, Haunting at Bly Manor. Nice. Which has been good, but yeah, not, like not like outstanding, but good. Yeah. For me, it's uh Midnight Mass was the best. Oh, I did finish uh, Midnight Mass. I, I love Midnight Mass. I, I learned that our friends, Colin and Sarah, the pod doctor and. I know. And Sarah, I know. I don't even want to hear it. Did not 
particularly enjoy Midnight Mass. I, I also so played games with Colin that. and Sarah, and that was a good time. Yeah, I. Uh, that is confusing to me, uh, but sometimes you just have to admit that your friends are wrong, and uh, this is one of those times because I thought I thought Midnight Mass was just. I thought it was uh, it it was beautiful. Oh yeah, and I a watched, little perplexing. Uh, it is a little perplexing. Uh, I uh, Mike Flanagan made a movie. He's made he's made some other movies. Uh, there's one called uh, what's the one? Hush, and it stars his wife, who's who's a, a prominent character in uh, in. A lot of his shows, including Midnight Mass, uh, she's like kind of the main one of the main characters in that in that show. Hmm. Um, I watched that; it, it it was it was decent. I really like. I think he's way better in these like longer form like miniseries that he's been making. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I watched a kind of a funny period. I'm gonna call it a period piece called <laughs> Sick. Uh, that's like a pandemic style horror movie, uh, but it's like about these people who go to quarantine at a cabin and then get a, and then are getting attacked by people. Uh, but it takes place like it's very COVID heavy. Like there's, they're like wearing masks and they like are constantly talking about COVID. And like, there's all these things that take that are COVID is like the story essentially. So, all right. um, I wouldn't say I recommend it, but that was, an, that was a fun little, fun little thing. But anyway, so yeah. glad so, you watched, uh, watch those remind me, did you watch midnight club? Yeah, I really, really like Midnight Club, and me I'm too. sad they did not continue it. I know. I can kind of see. I see why because it it, it kind of is in between a bunch of stuff. But like, I I read some stuff about it, and some of the stuff that was kind of funny. Where uh, there was one of the stories that took place in within one of those episodes. You know, uh, the, I don't know if you remember which one I'm talking about. There, but there was one that has like a bazillion jump scares. Like it just keeps mm-hmm. happening, and it's kind of like a, <laughs> yeah. a joke at a certain point. It's because and he was he did that in ref in like response to somebody saying his stuff didn't have enough jump scares. So there was <laughs> one where he just like packed it in, like and it kept get it, it like it's they're like good jump scares, but it's like one oh, yeah. after another after another after another, and it it's keeps going. It's really funny. I really liked that. The characters were so were so great. Yeah, so great. Um, and then I also watched a really great zombie TV show, uh, the first four episodes. Um, and at this point, I'm going to turn it over to Trevor okay. uh, to tell us about his social hour and his favorite zombie TV shows. So I started watching a new show. Uh, it's on HBO. Um, it's called The Last of Us, and it's based on a video game <laughs> that is... Uh, it's just my favorite. Um, and the thing, this is the thing I'll accept that you guys can call it a, a zombie movie or whatever, just so long as we all understand that like the show isn't about zombies. It's about like, it's, it's a about love people. story. It's a people, it's a love story. <laughs> Wait, is it a love story? It, this, of course it's a love story. Dis- it's I mean, every single relationship throughout the whole thing. Is very young. Every single person that you meet is in love with somebody and it's just a whole bunch of love stories. Anyway, I adore the last of us and it's so good. Um, every single episode has been great. Um, I'm really, really excited. The next episode. So they also, this is how dorky I've been about it. I don't really listen to podcasts. We've been over this, but the, uh, creators of the show are doing like companion podcasts, um, for each episode. 
And it's hosted by the guy that voiced Joel in the game. Oh, and man. it has, and I'm going to forget their name, um, but it has the like director of the game and the director of the TV show um, on there. And they're just talking about like what they were trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish and show and talk about the differences that they had to make between the game and the show. And they're just talking about each episode after each episode. It's really fun. It's really interesting. If you want to get like really into the show, it's a really, really good, like companion recap explanation of every single episode. They're great. Um, but no, yeah, it's just, they did say one thing after this last episode at the end of the most recent episode, you meet, um, they don't tell you, but it's, and I forget their name. It's Sam and Henry. Um, I think, which are two guys that, uh, the, the people that they run into in Kansas city are looking for and hunting for. They've apparently done some bad stuff and like played for sporting Kansas city. I'm sure. Yeah. Like they, they're former, um, professional soccer players and his younger brother and in the game it's it's the part of the the game that i'm most looking forward to seeing like how they approach in the show um in the game it is like devastating and heartbreaking and it's it's a really like the one of the most emotional things that like happens in the game um but in the episode of the podcast they said that they're going to have they they've obviously already deviated a lot from the game um in order to make it a tv show rather than a video game because they're just two different mediums and they Mm -hmm. get the freedom to do that and that's fine um but they said that there's going to be some surprises about them so now i'm even more excited about what this next episode is but henry and sam are two of my favorite characters in the whole thing and I'm, i'm really excited about the upcoming episode Nice. That's it. That's, I'm, I'm that's really all I have episodes to episodes in, so I have, I have some to catch up on before I'm even at that point. You're only so. two episodes in. Yeah. So you're oh, you're, you're about to watch the third episode. Yeah, I know. Enjoy. I know. Okay. Have a good time. You're gonna have to tell us about your experience with that one because it's it's an incredible one. Anyway, uh, besides that, um, I did watch start watching Barry. I finally, because of last oh, of us, I've nice. got access to HBO. And so after watching all of last of us really quick, I started watching some other stuff and started watching Barry and I'm like four or five episodes into that. And it's also good. Great. I, I really enjoy it. It's very funny. It's a lot funnier in a lot of ways that I wasn't expecting. Like Are it's in the first season. Still? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. It just get it's it's a whole it's a ride. Yeah, I love that show. I tend to know or I know most of like the story, like kind of what happens or the the highlights of it throughout sure. the first season and a bit into the second. So I'm not really surprised by a whole lot, but I am surprised by how subtle a lot of the humor is and yeah. how incredibly funny the subtle humor is. Yeah, it's a dark comedy. It's a uh, it's a very funny funny it's show. It's really dark too. Um, I was gonna ask. I, I don't know if you guys saw. There's a new season of True Detective coming out this year as well. I still have not watched any True Detective. Oh, that first season of True Detective is just pristine Put it on the television. List. Um, also, while we're recording this, the the Los Angeles Lakers are playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, and this is the game where LeBron might break the scoring record. He needs 36 points. Okay. Um, and 
huge, huge, huge moment. Big deal. They've got a, a counter on the screen, like part, as part of like the, you know, thing. So it's so like top. LA 36. It's LeBron like 12. <laughs> Thunder it's, it's 32. Uh, no, it's on the top right instead of the, the top left, which is where the, the points are for okay. each team. But I did just see a moment where uh, LeBron, uh, he had the ball and he was, he, was pretty close to the basket. He shot a shot and like, you could see the entire crowd going crazy thinking it was going to go in. It missed. And a, a Lakers teammate tipped the ball in and got fouled, but everyone just immediately sat down and like, no one was like happy that, <laughs> that they scored. They it was st- really <laughs> surreal. Did they start watch. booing? They, I, I'm not listening. I'm listening oh, to you guys, obviously. So I, I can't tell if there were boos, I but I hope that there were boos. I did see a very visual response to LeBron not scoring and his teammates scoring and then people being like that. We don't want that. We want LeBron <laughs> scoring. And it keeps cutting to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because he's obviously the one that has the, the record. So it's how uh, many showing. How many points has he scored so far? Or how far away uh, is he? He's 36 points. It's uh, it's the first quarter, though. Oh, okay. So the game just started. So we'll see if he, he'll probably get it tonight at some point. I hope he scores like four points less and then just for the entirety of the fourth quarter just keeps passing the ball (laughs) that'd be really funny i would love that get everybody all excited and on their feet and then he just passes it to somebody under the hoop for an easy layup and just does that like six times in a row i know that would be so great (laughs) he's just being super annoying about it that's what i would do oh and then try for a buzzer beater from like half court just Gotta troll to, to like a little record. bit, just a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, that's cool. Any, anything else, Trevor? Uh, no, not really. Um, any oh. comments on the balloon situation? Uh, we used some expensive military equipment to shoot a balloon. I mean, at least there wasn't a boy in it this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Honest to God, so the Twitter thing, Twitter, yeah. Twitter kind of sucks. Just enjoy, the app. I mean. Twitter is whatever. Yeah. We all know what Twitter is. But the yeah. app, I'm yeah. really kind of sick of the app, and so I'm on Twitter a lot less. And Same. it's terrible. When the balloon thing started was in the middle of me not being on the app for like 24 hours. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So I just like got on Twitter and saw a couple of tweets that were like, oh, we're going to shoot down the Chinese spy balloon. And I was like, had <laughs> no clue what anybody was Dude, talking about. No Thought it was a great <laughs> yeah. joke and a good callback to the boy in a balloon. And then there was like a whole bunch of other people, serious people, tweeting about the Chinese spy balloon and how we're all going to be subjects to Chinese, I don't know, invaders or whatever soon. And then we used um, like jets to shoot this thing down. Yeah, like they missiles. Could have done this way easier. Like they could have the- just had a bird fly into it. We discussed this. <laughs> we talked a lot about this at length. They could have like they could have used a BB gun, right? But they decided to go with missiles. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Well, well that good was for the, them. That was the big thing. Is like there were there were people posting. It was kind of like this became like a culture war thing. It was like, ah, oh, why isn't Joe Biden shooting down the balloon? Like I'm gonna go out there with my AR-15 and shoot the balloon from. It's it might be like. You know, like fifty miles in the <sighs> sky, but, but I'm shooting the balloon. It was awesome. I, uh, I I got no opinion on the balloon, but like, I just think it's funny that there was a balloon. My yeah. like, the only opinion that I have on the balloon is that the funniest thing that's came out of this was I was listening to NPR. I think it was either this morning or yesterday morning 
on the way to work and they had a guy from the United States military, like an actual like military guy, or maybe it was a guy from the Pentagon, but he was like a that is military. big wig military CIA guy, whatever, an intelligence officer that was like, mm-hmm. the reason we didn't take so long or the reason we, we took so long to shoot this thing down was because we were gathering intelligence. And I think the information that we got from this balloon will serve us well in years to come. And I think in years to come, people are going to thank us for gathering all that information on the spy balloons, like spying capabilities and like the Chinese plans to gather yeah. intelligence. And, st- and I was like, buddy, it's a balloon. Like it doesn't have any capabilities to do anything. And it took you guys a week to decide to do anything about it. I thought, and you're over here like, Oh, like we're going to, we're going to thank line? you in a few years for Maybe doing your due diligence. Bird resistant. Oh my goodness. Is gracious. The balloon doing something that like Google maps doesn't already do with satellite view <laughs> is my question. Like, I think it was just like a prank. If anything, it may just made everyone freak it out. It had to be like, this is a, balloon. this is a college senior prank. Somebody knows how to make weather balloons. <laughs> might and, even just be a Chinese prank. Like a Chinese, <laughs> the Chinese government like, sent over a prank. Like, balloon. These guys are going to lose their mind about this balloon that does nothing <laughs> that we can't already do by typing in maps.google.com and clicking on the square <laughs> in the bottom. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so you can do a lot. Of, anyway, so okay, balloon, balloon thing was cool. Talk over. Uh, <laughs> Okay, we got we got news. Yeah. Oh, uh, the first news item is actually kind of social hour. Brought to you by oh, uh, no. Delakai Tapache. Oh, we need it's to email not, them. We're, we're actively looking for new sponsors now that we don't have somebody else to do all the sponsor ad stuff for us. Which, by the way, oh, yeah, you're welcome, listeners, for not having ads for this episode. I don't think yeah, right. Uh, well, it depends on the feed they use. Oh, you may or may not Ooh, have ads for this episode. Let us if you don't. Let us know in the comment section below. Brought to you by Tapache. So if, if you're listening on ads. the one with ads, uh, then you should download, the, subscribe to the other one, and then start at the beginning and hit play, That's and listen right. the first forty minutes again. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. The uh, first item of news and the last item of social hour is that. Uh, Lucas Muller announced the birth of his and his wife's first child. Congrats to Lucas. That's the, you know, the like blowout balloon party things. That, that was my bad impression. Yeah. Party horn. That was my bad impression of that. That was pretty good. That's yeah. That's exactly what they sound like. Yeah. We need, we need more kazoos on (laughs) pop. Oh, I did once buy a bunch of kazoos for an RSL game. I remember this. Did we ever like actually, do that? No, the problem is they were really cheap kazoos because I didn't want to spend a bunch of money. That's on right. Kazoos, you you got like them you got like a hundred kazoos for like twelve dollars or something like that, right? Yeah. And they lasted deal, like three seconds. Yeah. yeah at best. <laughs> yeah. It was I, a good uh, idea. I still have. <laughs> um, I hope Lucas has been posting cute pictures of Elliot. Uh, Elliot was born a weekend in which uh, Tottenham Hotspur won. And Arsenal lost. So, Matt, we're not going to be sad. We're happy for Lucas. I'm happy for Lucas. <laughs> well, um, our, Manchester City also lost. That's so. true. Reason to celebrate all around. Wait, did they lose or did they tie? I can't remember. Whatever happened. Uh, hopefully many more bad things happened to them. Yeah. Anyway, so congrats to Lucas. I'm glad I didn't give you COVID when I saw you so you could be there for the birth of your daughter. Yeah, that truly was a miracle. <laughs> Big W. 
<laughs> can we get a? Do we say can we get a W in the chat? Is that the thing we say? Yeah, of course yeah. we do. Do this, please. Put a W in the chat, please. Uh, hold on, hold on. We there we go. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. Nicely done. Okay. Um, okay. So next news item. We talked about the SB Nation thing. Just there you go. Go to wallsuch.soccer. Yeah, we got laid off. Uh, we've. I think we should explicitly mention that we're changing RSL soapboxes. Will be no more. It will be soon changing all social and all of that. Wasatch Soccer Sentinel is the new house for all of us. And it took new home. several days and a lot of arguments for us to finally land on that name. We're not changing it because we love it. It's yeah, good. And, 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 it's, honestly, and it's a good name. It's a great name. And uh, we we came to a decision just in time for me to launch the site. So Yeah. yeah. We had a lot of discussions, a lot of anger towards a certain club on the East Coast that we didn't realize uh, stole one of Utah's great traditions, um, mm. great national monuments. But it's fine when when you have We're another club when you're about to name your side something, and then you realize another club has had uh, what was it Gucci Mane? I think Gucci Mane was. <laughs> Uh, at one point smacked the golden spike in Atlanta. So, um, it's fine. We're not, we're not worried about it, but anyway, Wasatch soccer Sentinel, the site's great. We've got branding upcoming. We've just, it's, uh, we're going to be doing, it's going to be great. Now Lucas won't be embarrassed. We're doing a merch drop. We should. Lucas won't be embarrassed when we, when he introduces himself to the club anymore. Uh, I'm going to change his title to like clown in chief or something. (laughs) Editor in clown. Editor in clown. Oh, Just, LeBron only needs 28 points. But he'll never say it, of course. Um, all right. So uh, next there was a preseason game, which we were not able to watch. Uh, and then there was a preseason scrimmage. Uh, and that's definitely in the dock. Yeah. Uh, and we were able to watch it. Oh, you're talking about the, the first one was the LAFC game, which we, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, but the only thing we've seen from that game was Burton uh, Jackson scored a goal, and he posted a clip from what appears to be a drone hovering <laughs> 60 feet above the the field at the time. Yeah, and Jackson's yeah, goal was really it, good. It could be a drone or it could be a stand. They often have stands at these things. Yeah, it's like one of those tracking cams. Which I would have loved to have seen. Could have been hmm. good was, goal. It was a good goal a good and <laughs> a great camera angle. To be honest, he made he made yeah. he also made sure that people knew that he isn't left footed because it was a really nice left footed finish. And did he say, uh, I'm not even left footed? He somebody said, Are you left footed? He said, No, <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. So right. I'm glad he clarified because I was curious because it was, it was a great finish. Don't know how I have no idea what the plan is for. I mean, he's like sixth on the winger depth chart. I think probably. Oh, he yeah. will. We'll get into it, but Burton's going to be our uh, third highest goal scorer this season. <laughs> oh no! With three or four goals, maybe. Right. Well, well, more things. Change. It's fine. Uh, we'll, we're going to be. It'll be just fine. So, uh, yeah, that was a great goal. Strange camera angle, but like, I really liked the camera angle. I yeah, thought like, it was a nice, like, tactical view of what, like, of the buildup. It was really great. I really feel like it'd be. Uh, a terrible like television angle, but for like analysis yeah. analytics, it'd be great. Yeah, I want like yeah. more information on just that clearly, camera angle that and how for. to get it. Apple TV, if you're listening, and I know you are because I'm using a Mac. That's right. <laughs> Make that happen. 
Yeah. All right. Next up, there was a preseason scrimmage, which we were able to watch. It's uh, true. Kyle, unfortunately, was I COVID. down with the sickness that day. <laughs> In the words of that band. I was uh, disturbed that day. Is that a disturbed song? Oh, I think so. That? It's a system of a down song. It's not it? a system of a down. Wait, well, what, wait, what did you say? Down with the sickness? Who's yeah. I actually don't even know. That is disturbed. Yes. Score one for oh, Yeah, it is disturbed. Sorry. I don't know why I was thinking of a system of, oh, it's because the word down. Sorry, I have COVID brain. <laughs> I don't like that song anyway. For no, some reason, no, I thought awful. it was Puddle of Mud for a second. I don't listen oh, to. Oh. I don't listen to butt metal or whatever that genre is. Okay, we're gonna we'll, we'll get back to soccer in a second. But can no, I can I tell you what one of my favorite bands that I've ever seen live is? And this is like completely unironically the truth. Is it the Aquabat? No, it's it's, just, it's disturbed. They're really? so fun live. Ah. Like they're a dumb band, but they're so fun live. Aquabats do put on a good show, but yeah, it's kind of it's it's a little played out at this point, I think. Because um, they, yeah, they kind of have been doing sure. the same show for like twenty years. Yeah, but kids keep getting lots of fun. Definitely point. recommend it. But like second time you're gonna go and be like, Oh, I've seen this show before. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um anyway, that scrimmage ended in a score line, I think it was, was it a tie? It was one-to-one. Uh, RSL scored. Pablo Mastroeni was the referee. <laughs> he was. And he was a lenient one at that. Uh, RSL scored a pretty good goal in the first, uh, third period, first period. Um, there were three periods of 25 minutes apiece. And I think it was Rubio Rabin got a ball from Michael Chang. And it was genuinely so like, pretty good play. Pretty good goal. Worked out. Yeah. And then the second period uh, kind of stunk. And then the third period kind of stunk until the end when Pablo called a controversial penalty right at the very end. And Anderson Julio, was it Julio? Yeah, it was Julio. Julio put it like in the most unstoppable spot in the world. It was a great penalty, to be honest. Yeah, really good penalty. So I think that means that RSL will do very well this year. Um, and we know that because the attack was so bad and they said they'd been focused on the attack for especially season. Especially if they keep playing RSL. I've got <laughs> such true. huge concerns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what are those concerns, Kyle? Uh, we'll get to it. I don't uh, like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't I'm, I'm like going to add a section here. Uh, Kyle's concerns? Can you just say verticality? Verticality. <laughs> that's the section. Okay. All right. So uh, me. next up in news. This is what happens when you take three weeks off to build a new website. Yeah. Uh, Brian Dunseth has officially been named one of the Apple TV broadcasters. Not a surprise, but uh, I, I think there were a lot of people in Salt Lake who were worried that our favorite broadcaster would not be appearing. He uh, was David James, however, will not be because he works for a local TV station. Yeah, he's already got a job. Um, wasn't he listed as an analyst? Or was he like yeah. put on there as yeah, like, like color commentator? Well, I mean, that's what a color commentator was in that list. Okay. Yeah. All right. That was what he was. That was the thing. All yeah. Right. So well, that's good. Cool. He made a return from, uh, he's, he's not back on Twitter, I assume, but he made a return from uh, a long trip in Europe with his family. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't follow Shout out Dunny. Dunny on Instagram, I mean, you could, he posts a lot of fun stuff. A lot of fun yeah. family and dog pictures. And for the last month and a half, they were all in Spain. So it was yeah, really cool. Have you ever been wondering like what would a normal look photo look like? But if it were from like a more fun <laughs> angle, uh, 
Dunny's the Dunny's the Instagram dad for you. Kyle yeah. Kyle has a beef with Dunny, and it will never it's not ever beef. Die. It's uh, <laughs> are we gonna have to squash the beef in the press box one of these days? I don't want him to slide tackle me again. It's scary. He's he's okay. scary sometimes out there. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. All right, next up, Sergio Cordova. I think last time we talked, we said we might bring him back, and then some people, some people said that uh, online rumors were that that we'd bring him back, and that it was just online rumors. And then Elliot Fall was actually the person who said that we might bring him back. And then, yeah, come to find out, this week, last week, one of the one one Recently. of the recent weeks. Uh, it sounds like Sergio Cordova's off to Vancouver. So, okay, a couple questions here. So it's it's pretty clear that Vancouver is willing to pay him a lot more money than we were. Uh, I think Tom Bogert reported, or I don't, maybe it wasn't Tom. Somebody reported, or uh, was it Doyle? I don't know. Somebody. Some, somebody said we had an offer that was like in the like probably what we were paying him. I'm I'm, I'm confused though. Would Vancouver is they're paying two million dollars for him. Is that a transfer fee? I heard that would two million dollars was the transfer fee. I don't think okay, we've so heard we like salary offered, numbers at all. Yeah, I don't know what salary numbers are going to look like, but I guess Vancouver offered two million for the transfer fee, is what it sounds like, and we offered sub one million for the transfer fee. Yeah, yeah, uh, yep. And uh, <laughs> so. conveniently, uh, now that that didn't come off, people are very quick to talk about how well. David Blitzer doesn't actually own Augsburg. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, I think it's really turn. notable that Kurt Schmidt really kind of walked back. He, he didn't walk back because he never said it, but he walked back the club's kind of stated position of the Blitzer quote umbrella, which Kurt Schmidt <laughs> really explicitly made it clear that he does not like that phrase because I think of things like this. Yeah, because like, it, it implies that like moving players from a blitzer club to a blitzer club is like the easiest thing in the world and can just like snap of a finger. And that's not real life. But I, it is it, it 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 is clear that there's like some it's it seems to be like effective in moving unwanted players around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's uh but I don't think it's going to be beneficial for players where the club thinks that they can get more value. Like we're not going to get a deal on a player. Yeah. We're going to get somebody that they're trying to raise the value on. So like Augsburg gave us loan us Cordova and we didn't pay him like really that much money. I mean, we, he was on a decent like MLS salary, but he's making yeah. less than Aaron Herrera. Um, and now that he like became like a somewhat like, you know, double digit goal scorer in MLS. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't, that's like, we, I mean, RSL thought he was worth, uh, you know, seven or $50,000 on a transfer fee. Vancouver offered 2 million and guess where he's going? Like it's not, we're not going to get a deal because we are under the same quote umbrella. It seems we're just going to get like similar to like, you know, Everton going to Beveren, like he wasn't in the plans. Uh, so Despite instead of him just resigning him for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so like mm. there's going to, I feel like when there's a player that's not wanted somewhere or they want to try to increase the value somewhere, maybe those pipelines exist. Uh, but they're not going to be giving us big deals on like, we didn't get Benteke for <laughs> a steal because he plays at crystal palace. Well, yeah. I mean, which is what we've been saying from the beginning, right? There's nothing surprising about this. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, that's yeah. It makes it makes sense. So. It is distressing, but 
anyway, so so the hype around the umbrella, I think, is starting to die a little bit, which is good because. Well, it, I mean, I it's a thing. I don't, I don't know that like thing. hype dying is a good thing, but no, it's a good thing. I always I, want hype to die. Okay, I think it's how, you operate best when expectations are low and nobody knows how tall and powerful you are. <laughs> Which is, I've been hiding that all of my life. I am very tall You're, and powerful. Uh, yeah, but I keep it hidden for everybody else's benefit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe someday I'll reveal my true height. <laughs> Of six foot seven. Okay. But today is not that day. <laughs> I, I eagerly await the day that you are six foot seven, Matt. Uh, in other news, does anyone know where to get stilts? <laughs> <laughs> I can point you a couple places. All right. Um, next up here, I'm going to move these around slightly to, to keep the umbrella talk going. Uh, Moses Nyman who was a DC United youth prospect signed with their first team homegrown homegrown uh, was sold to SK Beveren for like $750,000 or something is uh, likely to be on loan at Real Salt Lake. That's not finalized, um, but he's continuing with the team in preseason. He's a pretty short midfielder uh, and we'll get into why that might be be a talking point in a minute. Um, but DC fans saw him as a, a high potential player. Um, I, I talked with Ryan Kiefer over at Black and Red United. And uh, they're a little disappointed to see him back in MLS at Real Salt Lake. And, you know, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, but this is this is the uh, the Blitzerbrella. Yeah. Working for us. We get, we get first dibs, not DC. So... Yeah. Screw you, Kiefer. Just kidding. I've not I don't know that guy at all. That's he, really great. aggressive. I'm sure he's a very you, nice guy. Yeah. Do you not follow him on Twitter? I don't I don't he's a great follow. I trust you. Um you need more follows. <laughs> maybe. Um no, I follow who do I follow for DC stuff? I usually just follow Pablo. He gets most of it. Yeah, that's fair. I think. All right. So oh, and uh, uh Charles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Back to the topic at hand. Moses Nyman, uh, he came in, what was it, three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Something? Sure, something like that. Oh, Have right. we signed him? No. He, Not yet. He was brought in. Um, I talked to um, talked to Trey about him. I asked why he was here. And Trey was basically just like, he said that uh, this was like a few weeks ago when he got here originally. Um, he said at the time the team was just like evaluating him. He was here um, just to get minutes playing soccer um he didn't seem like um i don't want to put words in trey's mouth but i'm paraphrasing here to be clear uh he was having trouble fitting in at beveren um i don't know if that's like a play talent fitting in or like a culture fitting in i've no idea but he wasn't fitting in at beveren and so they were trying to get him um minutes in a place where maybe he was a little bit more comfortable and where he could get back to playing soccer. And so preseason with RSL seemed to be a good idea. And the club was definitely like interested in him there. They didn't really have any plans to sign him or to loan him or to get him on loan, like specifically at the time, but they were evaluating it. And the most likely scenario is a loan because he just barely signed like a two and a half year deal with Bevern that he's only like six months yeah, into. Back in so August. Um, it's not likely yeah. that we're going to pay a transfer fee for him. So this to, like, is a buy great out that example. Deal. 
<laughs> this is a good example of the Blitzer umbrella. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, one thing Ryan did say about him is that he's a kid who's very smart on and off the ball and his vision with the ball is nothing short of breathtaking. Uh, he can yeah. definitely pick a pick an attacker on a counter better than most. And he's, I mean, he was the second youngest signing in club history for DC United. Yeah, he's uh, he trained with Borussia Dortmund. He played on youth national teams. Uh, he's you know he's still a, like I, I like see a why child. They, he's only nineteen, right? 19, yeah, 20? he's only nineteen. Yeah, so, so like I can see why they felt like they were disappointed that he was back in MLS because that's a lot of hype for a young player. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also really short. He's five five. Or, uh, that's not that short. midfielder. No, that's <laughs> extremely short. We, oh, sorry. For a team that like RSL, you have to be at least six foot two to play because we're such a physical team. We only <sighs> care about physicality. Can't at Are all. Are we the new Stoke of MLS? Oh yes. my. Yeah. Oh, well, have you seen our coach? Stoke, aren't we? I ran we're the numbers. St- I think it was, we were close to the whole. Oh, even better. We're whole, but we have the aspirations of Stoke. I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, that that sounds about very right. mean. That sucks, man. We should sign Breck Shea though. We should do that. Yeah, Breck Shea should be center back for us. I mean, he's big enough. I've been saying this. I mean, Post Malone moved here because of guns. Why not Breck Shea? Oh, did he really move? He didn't move here because of guns, did he? Post Malone didn't not move here because of guns. <laughs> okay, I can't argue that. But I thought he came here because of snow and mountains and peace. He's a big, he's big like peaceful guy and you can spend a lot of money on nice houses and cars in the peaceful yeah there's that too Canyon, but he, he definitely will leave you alone that is true yeah and i know he loves magic the gathering so it's that's true about my experience with him as well <laughs> all right next up um rails lake has been linked with and likely will sign brian vera uh yeah uh a, a third brian um, yeah, Elsha RSL had a – they did an inter- interview with the Colombian journalist who initially broke the story, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought he broke uh, the story of um, Gomez. Oh, and he yeah, that's was right. also talking about Brian Vera as well because he's yeah, a guy that knows things. Where did, where did uh, Joseph post that? I can't even remember. It's, it's in, it's in the way. It's in the uh, thing. Yeah, so in apparently that journalist, he says channel. it's like done, in, done. In the uh, so I internet, oh. where it is in the Slack channel. But he yeah. said, uh, he said last night on our, on El Show RSL, we talked to Pipe Sierra, the Colombian journalist that broke the Andres Gomez to RSL News. He updated us on the Brian, uh, Brian, is that how you pronounce it? Brian? I don't know. Brian Veradil and said it's a do- it's done, done. And that uh, he said some more stuff, but. <laughs> Um, that Vera should be able to make an immediate impact, which, uh, yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about, uh, Brian Vera, Brian Vera. Brian. Yeah. I'm sure it's not Brian. Brian. Brian? Isn't that I'm sure it's a lot closer to, to Brian than Brian. I think, I think it's Brian, Brian, Brian. And it might be like Brian or Brian or something like that, but it's Brian something. Brian. I'm putting my foot down. But anyway, we'll get we'll figure out the pronunciation Thank you at some point for making that. Yeah, I'm glad we uh, went to the Colombian authority himself. Yeah, on this one. Um, I also heard we're signing Brian Cox to do all of our commercials. So, <laughs> wait, which one is Brian Cox? He's the best one, the best Brian. 
There's okay. Here's a problem. There's two people that are named Brian Cox. He's not the astrophysicist. Okay. All right. It should be him though. Uh, that'd be great if they were the same person. Mm-hmm. Two sides I always get that confused. Coin. Anyway, so we got like a, another Brian in the mix. Uh, appears to be we appear to be signing him. Uh, the thing with him that was a bit of a surprise is that appears the so he he's a left back can play center back has also played left mid at certain times he's some Colombian journalists referred to him as a winger which I was kind of funny so he played uh, like a wing back role in Italy yeah so uh, he he played in Serie A and Serie B <laughs> whatever ba. B is. Serie B <laughs> in Italy Serie uh, B. I guess. Um, but the transfer fee for him, I think, is more than what I think any of us are really expecting uh, us to spend on a left back. Yeah. Um, because we've had this ostensible starter in Brian Oviedo uh, at left back. I mean, it's clear that I don't think he's a long-term project. He's a bit older. His deal ends at the end of this season, I believe. Uh, so we obviously needed some depth at left back. So I think that this is a good signing. I think, uh, I can't remember what the exact figure was. Was it 1.8 million on the transfer fee? That was the rumor. That's the one I heard, which is, uh, (laughs) a lot of money for us to spend on a transfer fee for left back. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. Uh, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what a salary ends up being. Uh, but it's just an interesting move when, you know, we, uh, got rid of, Aaron Herrera, um, and our, our right back is Andrew Brody and Bodie Hidalgo and Jasper Loffelson, three very inexpensive players. And we've got a couple higher profile internationals on, on the left side, uh, one of which we've spent a lot of money on the transfer fee. And I can't remember what Oviedo's salary is, but it's not super cheap. But no, it's not super cheap, but it's also like not prohibitively expensive, totally. as I recall. It's just yeah. kind of uh, an interesting move. But he looks like a good player. He's 24 years old. Uh, he's, uh, you know, <laughs> there were some fans of his team that seemed to be pretty stoked on the amount of money they were getting out of us for a transfer fee because he hasn't, uh, they didn't pay that much for him. That's for sure. And he hasn't been there very long. Uh, they've at least more than doubled their investment in him, it seems. But I mean, listen, spending money, I guess that's good. I just, uh, you know, if you had told me the next player we were going to spend a good amount of money on the transfer fee was going to be $1.8 million, I would have assumed it was going to be a new striker. But, you know, it's a nice left back for the future, I guess, if he's well, uh, planning on sticking around. He's he's I'm, young. He's only 24. That's that's a draft play, pick. Players, <laughs> players don't peak until they're in their late 30s, so. I'm going to put a positive spin on this and say a couple of things. For starters, I'm glad, very glad, that the club seemed to be taking the outside back position seriously. Totally. Um, yeah. Because that's one that, like, the club for years and years and years, we've been begging for, like, good outside backs. And that's definitely a concern that we had as soon as the Aaron Herrera trade was announced, was like, what are we doing with the outside back position? Yeah. And this seems to address that. We're, we're getting a good quality player that has – a lot of experience at being a left back and potentially being like a winger type wing back type player, which is like kind of what we play with anyway. Or so a wing center back as we also like. Yeah. To play with. Oh, so man. like, at, 
the club is staying consistent in what they want and getting it and spending the money to get it. That's other key point. Like we're spending money, which is what we wanted. Yeah. It's a little silly to spend that much money on a left back, but like you ask the club to spend money and they spend money. I I can't get too mad about that. That's fair. Um, He's also at 24. Like he's a striker. (laughs) So bad. There's definitely some other things that we're not going to focus on for a second, but being 24, like if he pans out, like we could get him for the next several years and that could solve a big hole in the roster that we've had in the roster for several, several years. And That's like, true. I, I was really, I, I, there were plenty of times where I was like, if I see another year of Andrew Brody at left back, I'm glad Andrew Brody had a pretty good year this last year at left back, but the year before that, I remember being like, if Andrew Brody is starting left back in 2021, I'm going to, or 2022, I'm going to be so mad. And he was. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, luckily, I thought he did pretty well. He played a lot of right back last year when Aaron Herrera was out. But uh, yeah, um, I'm very pleased that it seems like we're not going to have to worry about that position for a while. I yeah, hope, we, have, so. we have two actual left backs playing actual left back, which... Again, it's not something that this club has had for a while. And when we did have it, they were not good players. So, so I, I'm I'm stoked about this one. I'm genuinely like, this is a good move. We're doing the right thing. Let's be happy about this. I I've, I too feel like it's a good move. If you look at it after the Aaron Herrera deal, um, but if you take the moves in totality, I get. I mean, all of that money we got for Herrera basically goes right back into Brian Vera. Yeah, well. Vera? And that's yeah, where I, I hold the most concern. Sure. Um, I guess if like, you. Is, is it necessary to spend $2 million on a left back? When we no. Kept no. Brian, we, we could have kept Aaron Herrera and kept playing Andrew Brody at left back. Like, would that have been. Or, or we could have, you know, spent 500000 on a left back and. I mean, we could have played another year of Brian Oviedo at left yeah. back. I don't. I don't think yeah, we could I, have. Not in a vacuum. There's a lot of things about like. Well, I guess if you take the transfer window as a whole and like the roster changes as a whole, yeah, the roster changes haven't all made a lot of sense. Yeah, and that's about as nice as I can put it. But (laughs) I I think like in a vacuum, this move, I'm fine with every single aspect of it. The reasons that we had to make this move or had to sign this kind of player for this kind of money, probably a little silly, but we we did it. And like I said, this ticks a lot of the boxes that we've been asking for as fans for the club to do. And so I, I think you have to get mad about the Aaron Herrera thing on its own and you have to be happy about the Brian Vera thing on its own. If you want to be mad about the Aaron Herrera thing and use that as fuel to be mad about the Brian Vera thing, I don't think you're doing it right. Quite honestly, I think that there is more. I don't think we got rid of Aaron Herrera because of cap reasons. And we talked about this. No, no, I don't where uh, it was pretty. It's not. I don't think it's an I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, we we made a very lateral move with Aaron Herrera, uh, the one player who was like pretty openly critical of the direction the club <laughs> had had gone and what we'd been doing for like the last uh, year, especially. So, um, like Aaron Herrera just kind of seemed pissed off a lot of this last season, and um, it's hard to blame him for me. 
it it was a very frustrating year i think i for was him. pissed off a lot of last uh, season so he, i was yeah i was too he very openly talked about how he didn't like uh you know, the way we were, were playing a lot of the time, um, even when things started going better for him towards the end of the season, he still didn't seem stoked. <laughs> um, it just was, it looked like a frustrating year for Aaron. It should have been a frustrating, I mean, I, rightfully so, I think, because I would have liked to see more frustration out of a lot of players. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Aaron Herrera at many times through the worst parts of last season was the only player who seemed to reflect the standards I felt like we should have upheld for the club. And he seemed to be uh, carrying a lot of that weight personally, whether or not it actually came down to him. I don't really think it did or it should have. But I liked that he felt that responsibility because it seemed like he, I mean, we like always joke about the dog or the ex dog or whatever, but he like Aaron Herrera has that, has that dog in him. Like, I hate that phrase kind of uh, being used as much as as it is, but like mm-hmm. Aaron Herrera's attitude, I think is going to be missed because he is like a, just has a certain way of carrying himself. He has a certain way of caring about the club or he put off like he cared about the club in a way that I really appreciated and caring um, about results and cared about yeah. results, which was, it's an, an annoying thing to feel like I have to ask for, but like, Results uh, matter a lot, and it did seem like Aaron was one of the only players who was uh, really speaking out about like the results themselves. So, yeah, I don't think, like you said, Trevor, I think those things have to be separated because, yeah, we turned international slot, allocation money, cap space into Vera, and I think that it's a nice replacement in a way, uh, but I think it's... You know, there was a lot of talk about this being a really smart cap move, getting rid of Aaron Herrera. You know, it's likely that that Vera is going to be on a lower salary than Aaron was, but like, it's not like this was just a cap move. I don't know, no. nearly two million dollars in transfer fee. Okay, so how do so we get the transfer fee? But once we once we're we've done like once we're done like amortizing the transfer, like how how exactly does does that actually impact the salary cap? Because we we apply allocation money to the transfer fee, correct? Mm-hmm. But his actual cap hit. Well, we, we apply hit? allocation money to the cap hit writ large. Okay. So if we think about think about it this way, um, so say we sign him to a five year deal, which I mean that's standard in MLS for you know big impact players. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a four and one or something with an option year, um, and we spend one point eight million dollars. So yeah. It's, million over four years, let's say five years. So we're talking $360,000 each year on top of his salary. And then I, in theory, we're buying whatever part of that down with allocation money. Do we know, are we going to learn how much his actual cap hit is going to be with the the next? Probably not. No, no. No, that's all. So there's no way we can actually learn. There's a, okay. So say we're paying, if we end up paying him $400,000 a year, we're basically if we pay him four hundred thousand dollars a year and we aren't applying any allocation money to the amortized transfer fee across those four years then essentially it's the exact same cap hit as aaron herrera right yeah yeah okay. but we would assume that we are buying at least some of that down maybe i don't know if, if it's going to be front-loaded i yeah this is this I is the other was fun thing about, about the all of that 
Yeah, this is the other fun thing about the transfer fee. As my understanding, and Matt can correct me here, if we sign him to, let's say, a, a four-year deal, um, that transfer fee gets amortized over the de- over the length of that deal. If yes. in two years he signs an extension for, let's say, another four years, then all of a sudden the transfer fee doesn't matter anymore because mm-hmm. now his fee only – or his, just the his salary, deal right? – is the transfer fee is no longer amortized because it's a new deal. I would be surprised if it worked that way in MLS. Okay. I don't know. Do you think it just applies to him for the length of the four years, whether or not he signs a new I, deal? I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case, at least. <clears throat> okay. But again, th- yeah, this is the thing, Kyle. Like, We don't know these things because they don't tell us these things, so we just have to make educated guesses, and then somebody reports something, and somebody else corrects that with their information (laughs) and like slowly but surely we learn more and more about it but the league historically doesn't give up this info teams really don't give up that info like we don't really know how much allocation money a team gets every single year because they get a certain amount from the league and they also give a bunch out and trades and, and stuff like that so trying to track exactly how much allocation money a team has and uses and whether they use it on specific players versus other players is tough. Yeah. That's basically and that, I mean, we, we had that same thing with Sergio Cordova last year. Like we were told that he was a DP and he was. the only way. And yeah. He and, and he was. And the only way that he would be a DP is if they didn't use allocation money to make him not a DP and the team ostensibly had allocation money that could have made him not a DP, but we don't know how much that is. And we don't know how much it would have taken to put, to buy him down. Yeah. Well, and we don't know and- how much could have been used on other players to make other moves. So like, yeah, We're making they, educated guesses here. If they don't need to buy him out of a DP slot, they they'd have no incentive to, right? Because that, yeah, exactly yeah. that tops out at six something, and yeah. then anything above that just is paid by yeah. the owner. So I can't again just reiterate what Trevor said. I'm not I, I'm not thinking of this as I can't really include it in there in the Aaron Herrera thing because I don't think yeah. this was like a good bit of business to buy to get like another really strong fullback for like a lower cap hit because it feels like it it's kind of a wash. Yeah, as far as absolutely. like cap, um, but you know, a twenty-four-year-old, he's he's about a year and a half younger than Aaron Herrera, I think. Uh, yeah, and dick, dick. looks really promising. Um, has played at a higher level than Aaron Herrera. Don't know if he's going to be more successful with us. We'll see. But I but do you like, think the Colombian league is higher than MLS. It, it, no, I, he's no, he's talking about the most <laughs> premier league in the world. <laughs> The best, mo- only most talented <laughs> players get to play in that league, especially on MLS? a team like Lecce. We can't just assume that someone like Sergio Dest would be walking into an MLS starting lineup. Okay, like that's, what, that's what I'm. <laughs> he's Sergio. not even walking. I said he's, Sergio. Wow, he's Sergio not even walking Dest. into his own lineup. They left him off of the Champions League roster. So I'm a little upset about. Uh, oh, we're we're all upset about what's going on at AC Milan right now. Don't you worry about it. What are they? Whatever. Is, is Lecce any good? No, Lecce stinks. Lecce Lecce's historic. Okay. Lecce is is very much uh, an up and bad. down. Lecce is bad. Uh, it's all bad. And <laughs> okay. What I will Lecce, also say is that I'm glad West McKinney is no longer on Juventus. Uh, because are. I mean, listen, as someone who still follows Juventus, I'm just glad he's no longer there. Um, but yeah, I'm not glad he's at Leeds though. Lecce has two things that are incredible about them and the only two things that you have to know. And one is that they always have an incredible kit every single year. 
Okay. They have they have great colors and they make right. good use of it. Yeah. And the second thing is that Italian, Kevin Prince Boateng. Most Boateng's, Italian clubs have do have great kits. Yeah. I think we should. It's true. Make that clear. Kevin Prince Boateng scored a hat trick against Lecce a few years ago, and it's one of the most incredible hat for tricks who? you'll ever see. Who was for he AC playing? Milan like He's years ago? When he played for okay. Them. I was like, this is, no, this is legitimately like eight or nine or ten years ago. But he scored remember. a hat trick, I think, in like ten minutes or something like that against him. Was it, it was better incredible. than the Lewandowski hat trick in like ten minutes? Um, I mean, the quality of the goals is amazing. Great. Kevin Prince Boateng was a great player. Would you guys take Jesse Marsh as the coach of RSL right now? Yes. <laughs> we should do that. Would yeah. I take one of the best coaches that America has ever produced as a coach of RSL? Do, you, do we think that's true? Yes. I think like his resume says he is. I mean, his, his resume says he's uh, successful at uh, Austrian club and uh, MLS club. And I mean, okay, well, let's go through the list. How many? And I know this shouldn't count for that much, but how many American coaches have coached in the Premier League? Like two. Not a lot. How <laughs> well, many coaches? How- Chris Armas is now the coach. <laughs> uh, so okay, three. Well, yeah. Well, how many coach? How many American coaches have coached outside of America? Like yeah, that list also isn't that long. Uh, David. It's Wagner. like Bob Bradley. David Wagner is American, technically. Yeah, that's the second guy that I was thinking of that's coached in the Premier League. Yeah. And Marsh. Was Bob Bradley the coach of Swansea, or am I making that up? He was the coach of Swansea, or was it Cardiff? He was the coach of a team in Wales. He was also the coach of the Egypt national team. Swansea. Swansea. Uh, that's right. Because there's always this weird... Dude, he is... Bob Bradley has managed so many teams. My he goodness. was a manager of Stabek? Yeah. Because yeah, John Sturzer played there underneath yep. him, I think. <laughs> When sure John Sturzer uh, was hitting on the girl I was dating at the time, uh, <laughs> at a at a country concert at Usana Amphitheater. Oh, this is shout out John! He broke his leg like soon after that, so I'm not saying that was the cause of it, but I'm not saying it wasn't the cause of it. You mean local real estate magnate John Sturzer? Yeah, yeah, that's shout the one. To, yeah, he's selling a lot of commercial real estate these days. Yeah. Okay. Um, Listen. Yes. To answer your question, I would take Jesse Marsh as coach of RSL. Jesse, I want to save the men's national team from Jesse Marsh, but I also want him to coach RSL. So, uh, oh, he, I forgot he coached both Salzburg and Leipzig. So he he rose through the ranks of Red Bull. (laughs) But he's a coach that that shows like tactical and strategic vision and, I miss that. I, uh, Even if it it's not what I agree great with. In MLS it would be nice. Again. <laughs> do you think he would do that? What, I'm come back of, to I'm MLS? trying to speak this into existence. Jesse Marsh to RSL. I think he would. For the right team. For the he's right the third American to manage. He's, he's only <laughs> third. So you're, you're right, Trevor. He's the third American net, net national to manage in the Premier League after Bob Bradley, German-born David Wagner. Um. The British press remarked that Marsh would have would have to combat prejudiced attitudes towards American soccer coaches. I don't think anyone feels that way about David Wagner. Um, by all accounts, I mean, wait, David Wagner's dad is Thai. Wait, what? Wait, Thai from like from Thailand? Yes. Or his name is Tyler. No, David (laughs) Wagner was born in Frankfurt, West Germany. His biological father is from Thailand. His mother is German. Before his birth. Wagner's mother married an American. Huh. What? Awesome. 
Good I had no him. idea he was half Thai and half German, but then he's American through his adopted father. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Do you think he'd want to coach RSL? <laughs> no. Oh. Not at all. <laughs> That's but, bad. Yeah, no, I really don't think he would. Mm-hmm. I think we I mean, could get Jesse Marsh before we got David Wagner. Fair. And that's a take that I'm really proud of. That, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to the next I think one that's here? True. Oh, dude, that's awesome. I okay, yeah, the next one. Next one's a sad one. You got all right. we should just point people to Alex's rant on RSL yeah. season pass about I, this. I did listen to it in preparation for this episode. Uh, and that's it. Haziel Orozco uh, has been loaned to Santos Laguna, a loan that apparently he did not request uh, that came together pretty quickly. Well, yeah. depending on who you talk to, because I was told it took uh, it's been in the in the works for weeks and weeks now. I think it was in the works unbeknownst to Hazi. <laughs> Yeah, well, somebody was, behind the scenes definitely wasn't related to him uh, tackling Justin Miram in that scrimmage we mentioned earlier. Definitely not related. And I'm, I'm saying that seriously. It's said. definitely not related. <laughs> Wait, are you seriously saying that it's I'm, definitely not related, I'm or saying, you're serious in your sarcasm that it's I'm definitely not, not being related. sarcastic? It wasn't related. I don't know how much clear, <laughs> clear I can make this. <laughs> it wasn't related to that. All he I gets know. along really well with Justin Miram. So does everyone. To give full context, this this tackle happened at the RSL VRSL scrimmage that Matt and I were witness to. And to be honest, it it like wasn't that big of a deal. Like Hazi tackled him. Justin got pretty upset, but like it was just like he got upset, pushed him, and then everybody was like, Hey man, calm down. And then he calmed down and like it wasn't like there were there was a fight. It wasn't like there were punches thrown or anything like that. It was just my favorite like, part was where a dude got mad at another dude tried to fly in with a like a flying leg. <laughs> he tried to Nigel Dion did a yeah, roundhouse like, kick. Tried to no. It, the timing of it is incredibly suspect. Yeah, but I've been assured that this deal has been in the in the works for for weeks. Okay, and so there's the timing of other this, people's versions of that story yeah. that. May or may not have more weight than that, so but this is definitely this like was a he weird. said, she said situation. Yeah, and it doesn't look good no matter what because why the hell are you loaning Hazi Rosco yeah. anywhere under any circumstances, especially justifying it by saying that uh, he's too good for the Monarchs but not good enough for MLS? But which, we're loaning him to a Liga MX club that's better than RSL, you mean? Yeah, and why are you also like saying that he's too small to play in this league? And yeah, yeah there's got, so we many got, things. We got a lot of stuff that was really confusing. This came out like half an hour after Elliot's last appearance on ESPN 700. Like, and Elliot made like, zero mention of it at all, which yeah. would have been a great time for Elliot to like justify any of this. Or like so, announce that it was job, happening Elliot? maybe. Yeah. yeah. So this was another loan that where we didn't get any uh, statements from any one in coaching or management or whatever about uh, in the press release talking about him, th- this loan taking place at Santos Laguna. Uh, shout out Benji Lopez. Uh, may he rest in peace. He's not dead. He just... Uh, it's where RSL players have gone to die. Um, he, uh, this has been pointed out. I think he's probably going to be fourth on the center back depth chart there at best. 
At best. They have four center backs. One of them's older. So you I would think that maybe he could <laughs> he might be above that person. Uh in preseason, Hazi was played at right back a couple of times, it, it sounded like. Uh, definitely in the scrimmage. Yeah, he definitely played in it the in scrimmage. the scrimmage. He was playing right back. Santos Laguna's notably really short at right back, so maybe he does play at right back. Uh, but it was kind of confusing because like there's the, the comments made by Paolo Mastrani after this were like there's been the assumption that this was a developmental loan for uh, for Hazi. And it's kind of unclear about how he's supposed to really develop. Uh, Pablo talked about Hazi needing to find himself or something like he was being sent on a, a journey through the Australian Outback. Um, and he also talked about his size being like a pretty key component to him not being in the center back plans for Real Salt Lake. Um, Haziel Orozco's father disagrees with this assessment. Uh, he tweeted, uh, let, me find, let me find a tweet. Uh, so from, I, I love players' dads online. More of this, please. Always. Uh, the entire Herrera family, shout out to every single one of them who... Uh, I've interacted with on various Twitter accounts, whether it was a soapbox or my own account over the years. Lots of Herreras liking and talking and uh, interacting with Aaron based tweets. But Jorge Orozco tweeted in Spanish, um, but uh, I translated this using Google. Shout out to Google. Speaking on the pitch, a clear example of central defense, world champion, angry face, angry face. Lissandra Martinez is an Argentine soccer player who plays as a defender for Manchester United in the Premier League. He's 25 years old. His height, 5'9", same as Hazi Roscoe. So uh, Hazi's dad, not a fan of the uh, <laughs> of the justification used to send Hazi out on loan. It doesn't well, seem like hey, Jorge. something that they Join the club, buddy. Yeah, so I don't know. We can pull up some of Pablo's quotes about this. I don't. I'm not a fan of what Pablo's been saying about Hazi or, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about this maybe in a sec, but um, when we get to verticality, but uh, Mm -hmm. Pablo's got a certain philosophy when it comes to apparently central defense and uh, attackers on this team that makes me concerned about uh, our uh, uh, general tactical outlook. Uh, It's been... It's very reminiscent of I described as Stoke City earlier, but also MLS 1.0. Very outdated way of playing soccer, in my view. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little early to dogpile on Pablo already this season because, like, we haven't, haven't seen them play like actual minutes. Yeah, but Pablo is off to a very rough start <laughs> with everything that he said about the club so far. He has not said anything that has inspired. Any confidence in me that we're going to see fun, entertaining, good, winning soccer from RSL? We're just going to see a lot of the same old stuff that we saw last year. And I'm not at all excited about it. And yeah, it's just, I don't know what quote Matt has queued up, but I promise that I hate it. I'm here to make Trevor mad, so that's my primary goal on this podcast. All All right, right. so this is from Caleb Turner over at KSL.com. It's Caleb Turner 23 on Twitter. Quote, this is Pablo Mastorini speaking now. 
one of the toughest things for any center back is going to be size. And having played center back at a decent level, you really have to go through a self-discovery phase. In other words, what I mean by that is, am I going to challenge Demir Krylik for a head ball? Right? And if I'm not challenging Demir Krylik for a head ball, what's my distances? What's my decision-making if I'm not doing that? <laughs> I'm sorry. And the problem a lot of times awesome. with coaching is you coach football, but you don't necessarily coach the individual, right? You coach center backs. You want to get up right. and you want to get over. But if you're five foot nine, you're not doing that. And so the self-discovery part is a journey that all players have to go on to understand themselves. Cannavaro, a small center back, played at a really high level, but he knew his strengths and his, he knew his weaknesses. His weaknesses, he was able to really minimize by his positioning, by his decision-making, and that all takes time. What that all tells me... All, sorry, Trevor. And no, go ahead, Kyle. You go first. From somebody named KS that just says LOL, <laughs> and I agree with that. <laughs> I uh, To say, like, to mention size as a weakness and then go on to mention, like, one of the greatest center backs that ever played and be like, He's got to find himself and like the difference between Hazi and like somebody who's five nine and is a really good center back is someone simply finding themselves and there's like not coaching that takes place in order to develop. It just it feels to me that felt like hands up. We don't know how to develop this guy. Like it's on him to figure out how to become Cannavaro. Uh and like we don't we 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 don't have the confidence or the ability to develop to develop this player into that. And we're just going to send him to Santos Laguna, uh, this player, homegrown player that we've a lot of player people have been really excited about. He's very young. He's very good. And uh, is like a very, very effective modern center back. Um, We saw how much I mean, I I, I like the Lissandro Martinez uh, comparison quite a bit because it's pretty clear that Hazi is that style of center back. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's more effective comparison than Cannavaro just because of, uh, I mean, recency, if nothing else. But um, it just feels like we are saying we don't know how to turn this kid into, <laughs> into like an effective center back. So Santos, like, we'll just go hope for the best to, that he figures it out somewhere else because we can't do it. It's incredible to hear somebody be like, as somebody who did this at a pretty high level, I don't know how to teach somebody how to do it, even though that's literally my job. <laughs> my job is to coach these players, to teach them, to develop them into professional soccer players. And I can't teach this guy how to be a professional soccer player because he's three inches shorter than I would like him to be. Well, you have to coach them to get up and get over. And that's what you coach them. It's, it's, you can't do that if you're not seven feet tall. I am. And his idea of like the only way to defend soccer, to defend somebody like Demir Krylock is to just be taller than them, to jump higher than that. Like that's, that's what it boils down to. And sorry, he can't jump high enough and he's just simply not tall enough. So like, I can't teach this guy how to play soccer. Like it's so dumb (laughs) to hear a coach of a team be like, we have this incredible talent, and he could be a very incredible talent, but I'm not the guy to lead him. To chalk it up so to self-discovery is like... He's got to go somewhere else and figure it out. And, like, that's dumb in and of itself. It's also just, like, tracks with Pablo that Pablo has said, or not maybe not said, but, like, 
done this a couple of times where he has, or the team has just a young player that came up through the Academy and didn't go to college and then is a professional. And Pablo doesn't seem to know how to deal with that kind of player. He doesn't know how to deal with the player that isn't, isn't 24 years old and doesn't already kind of know how to play their position. Kind of he doesn't know how to deal with players that haven't been previously coached and developed by somebody else. And if we want to be, and I I don't want to go on the whole Alex rant myself here, but like if we want to be a developing club and we've been saying that we're a developing club and we've dubbed ourselves dubbed, we've dubbed ourselves a homegrown factory. If we want to continue to tell the world that like, that's what we do. We can't have a coach that at every single opportunity says, Nope, they got to go somewhere else to figure it out because I can't do it. Cause that's all he's saying is just like, I can't be the guy to turn this guy into a guy. It's what he's, he's got to go somewhere it's else. What the club is doing by saying like, it's, it's the same thing he's <laughs> that we're doing with Diego Luna, except we just uh, are actually shipping uh Hazi out. We're essentially doing the same thing with Diego Luna on the national team because he, he, he was with the U twenties for, for a good chunk of the season last year, right after we signed him. He spent uh, a good amount of like I was, like it was a like month a or month so for the yeah like with the with the U twenties in which a lot of people outside of RSL uh, got really hyped about Diego Luna because he played very well um, <clears throat> and we're looking at a similar situation this year with Diego Luna uh, being like I, if Diego Luna weren't gonna be weren't spending time with the the national team so much like this upcoming season we i wouldn't be surprised if we just did the exact same thing because mm-hmm. he basically said the exact same stuff about diego luna but yeah, i've got some here. quotes there okay uh, let's talk about oh, diego good. luna then let's so hear this pablo was asked uh basically very notably been- 19 years old didn't go to college had similar uh diego, or pablo had similar comments about him last season too but mm-hmm. um so the question was have there been discussions about loaning diego luna And he says, yeah, there has. Not direct conversation, but how can we put Diego in a position where he's getting consistent playing time and is able to continue to develop? Hang on, I've got an idea. Real quick. How can we help the young man continue to develop in his own way? I've got an answer for that. For every player. I've got an answer for that. Yeah. You could play him. You could develop him. You could put him on the field for, you know, your professional major league soccer team that plays soccer a lot. You could play him there. The- that, that could have like 55 uh, so we'll get to this like uh, i you may remember in slack it was like i can't believe they're saying things like 55 games yeah. but now the playoff rumors have started happening and 55 games if you make the playoffs is completely reasonable yeah which is shocking um but that's i mean that that's like a, a top level european team number of games we can't find pl- time for two 19 year old guys like Good players. We know that these guys are good players. Everybody agrees they're good players. We can't find time on the field for them in 55 games for them to play a couple of games. We have to send them to Santos Laguna or the U.S. national team or literally anywhere else because here isn't the place to develop. Like, especially when we we think about Diego Luna. Okay, there's so so many, specifically these two positions, because when, when we think about center back and we think about the number 10, as as we now we now know that Pablo sees Demir almost definitively as a number ten, and a so we know, and he needs ten ten goals and ten assists. He says, and, and uh, he sees him. Yeah, so we're expecting ten goals, ten assists out of Demir this year. 
from the number 10 position. Great. Potentially. Great. That'll happen. Uh, we should also ignore the fact injured. that I think in Aaron Herrera's assist record assist season, I think like at least six of his 11 assists came, were at Demir Krylock's at least. face. Um, anyway, so when we're thinking about center back in the number 10 at center back, Hazi was the assumed third string center back going into the season behind Justin Glad and Marcelo Silva. Marcelo Silva, who's coming off a se- an unprecedented season for himself where he played more games in a calendar year than I think he ever played in his career. Definitely he's for also, RSL. He's also like 34 years old. Yeah. Who so old. is shaping up to be somebody who's going to need rest. Okay, so the assumption was that that would be Hazi. That's completely out the window now. And that this question of like, how can we get these guys more games? Trevor was correct when it's, buddy, you can make that decision. Like, this is in your control. So then when you think about the number 10 and we're, 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 we, we, and uh, he specifically mentioned Demir Krylak as being like, we're going to be heavily relying on Demir at the number 10 for 10 goals, 10 assists or whatever. Yeah. Do so, you want the quote there? Yeah, please. Um, so he's talking about Diego Luna at first here. There's a big jump from USL to Major League Soccer. In that position, it's the same position that Dami plays, essentially. You need a guy that's going to put up 10 goals and 10 assists. That's what that position is. It's not a free position. Every position has its functions. 9 and 10, you're either setting goals up or you're scoring them. As okay. far as what the ex- expectations are for Diego Luna as he moves up to this level, it's not combination play. It's not helping build. It's putting numbers on the board. Okay, <clears throat> so that rest of that quote is also awful. The part you haven't read yet, but um, okay, we are. To be clear, he just said we are relying, we are expecting ten goals, ten assists out of Demir Krylock this season. Demir Krylock, who played uh, less than three hundred minutes this last season, um, and is coming off of a potentially career altering back I mean, definitely injury. career altering okay like, there's no joke no no <laughs> yeah. doubt about that a career altering and we don't know the extent of altering backs back injury and surgery one that demir has explicitly said he still feels and is getting used to um i don't feel super stoked on the idea that we're going to be expecting 10 goals 10 assists out of him especially when we don't have a pairing with Demir Krylock that had the attacking prowess as like the really good season that we got out of both him and Albert Rusnak and Albert's last season with us. Yeah. I mean, Albert's the only player who's actually done that for RSL, right? Yeah. I will. Demir that, that season, I can't remember how many assists. Like 12 uh, and eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was was good. But, But, and he was playing primarily striker because he was playing in front of Albert. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, shaping up to be a season in which you would think that Diego Luna would get a lot of time, but this well, is another case of where uh, there, I don't know if you want to read the rest of that verticality quote that, that he goes on to say there to, to reference, but uh, I think yeah. it's after what you just read. You don't, you don't have to Matt. You Basically Pablo says, I don't know. I just mean simply that we don't need to hear more of Pablo's words. We've got actually, plenty I, to go off of so far. I think verticality may come from I, a different interview. 
Oh, was it really? I hope or so. Or I didn't transcribe that piece. That's Thank God. Uh, well, okay. So this is, oh, no, this is it. Next step for, next step for Diego. I think from a setup perspective, we want to be very vertical and very direct in the way we want to play. That doesn't always suit Diego's skill set. He's more of a oh. player that likes to slow build for us. We want to score goals, which apparently is mutually exclusive. We mm-hmm. want to threaten. We want to go with pace. We want to pressure our opponents with, phys- with our physical prowess. That doesn't always suit his skill set. Again, this is a player we chose to sign while Pablo was coach last year. So, like, why did we sign him if we apparently, like, he just isn't, if he can't play the way we want we want to play, whatever. The challenge is Diego, really. He's doing a great job of perfecting the physical aspect of his game because, really, at any level, that has to be first and foremost. It doesn't matter where you play in the world. <laughs> I was sorry. That was before the jump to USL and yeah. and uh, MLS comment. But um, I hate it. Mm-hmm. All of it. Everything that he said there is just like kind of. It's kind of dumb. Like um, I get that you're a coach that has a, a way that you want to play the game, and like that's fine. If that works, it didn't really work last year. You didn't really make the moves or the signings to make it work this year. So this is just, it. it's so much of Pablo just being like, I can't do this job with the tools that I've been given, but we're going to do it anyway. We're going to teach these guys to play my version of soccer because these guys don't know how to play soccer. We're not going to use their skills. We're not going to use what they have. Which, yeah, we're not going to use what they're good at. We're going to teach them a different way to play soccer. And it's not like a better way or a new way or like we're going to reinvent the wheel here and and try a new form of tactics or whatever. Like he's not experimenting. He's reverting back to what soccer was for him when he played it in the 90s and 2000s, which like everybody's moved on from. Yeah, we've done that and it doesn't work these days and we know that it doesn't work and it definitely, definitely doesn't work if you don't have the players that are that player. If you don't have six foot five center backs and you don't have a really physical number nine, it doesn't work and we don't have any of that. We have a five foot nine, incredibly talented center back that's young and we have another number 10 that everybody agrees is a very good number 10. And some people are even talking about he's the future of the number 10 modern number 10. That is going to be an American number 10 that we, nobody else plays in this way, but he's going to take that number 10 and make him play a way that we played 15 years ago. Yeah. And I, I want to read it this. It stinks too. so much. And I'm uh, <laughs> Because uh, get better at playing with players that you have and using their skills, please. And if you can't do that, don't sign them. Yeah. We signed Diego Luna. We bought Diego. We paid money for Diego Luna, brought him in. And now the same coach that paid the money can't use him. We're offloading both the development and marketing of Diego Luna to the, the U20. Uh, national team. Yeah, to the like U.S. That's, national that's, team. What's going to happen is we are gonna, Diego Luna is going to play fewer than ten games uh, for RSL this season. The majority of which will be uh, substitute appearances if he isn't loaned out, and then he will play in the 
youth. Uh, he will be with the youth national team, the U20s. He will do really well again, and he will get bought by uh, a European club, and we won't see much for him. Is is my which, guess? But, like, which honestly, him, honestly, he, fine. I hope that happens for him. If you're just honestly. doing him, if you're just buying him to like put him in the window and to sell him later, like, okay, yeah. I can buy that, but okay. don't give me this lip about like we need to make him a better player for our team. Just yeah. be like. Just be honest about what you're doing with them. So he said, uh, that's why most of the players in this league cost tens of millions of dollars to come in and do that, referring to players playing at the 10. Um, it's the hardest position in the game. It's the hardest position in the country to really breed those players. I think for Diego, it's going to be a journey of time, patience, and understanding and getting his opportunity and running with it. He had a couple of opportunities last year and did well in a few of those games. Again, the step from the U20 to MLS is huge. So I think it's funny that he mentions U20 in this specific part because I just want to talk a little bit about some of the other standout players from the U20 national team that were mentioned alongside Diego Luna last summer. Um, like Paxton Aronson, for instance, who signed with Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, who's also 19. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Paredes, who signed for Wolfsburg, who's uh, doing pretty well <laughs> in the Bundesliga right now. Doesn't play the same position. Uh you know, but playing for Wolfsburg and scored a really nice goal the other day. Um, we got Jonathan Gomez, who plays at Real Sociedad. We got uh, Mauricio Cuevas, who plays at Club, Club Bruges. We got Justin Shea, who plays for Hoffenheim. We got Keeper, who plays for Fulham and Alexander Borto. We got Alexander Alvarado, who plays for Vizela in Portugal. Uh, yeah, so it's like <laughs> the jump from U20s to MLS is huge, says Pablo, but like there are other guys who are seemingly just uh, kind of skipping this uh, whole situation. I mean, pa- of course, these, I mean, Paxton, for instance, uh, had a lot of success playing for the Philadelphia Union, a club that's really good at this exact thing that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That would be a really good model to follow if we wanted to be the development club that sells players for big money to European clubs that we claim to uh, want to do or have done or whatever. Um, I don't know. Just seems like there's a model here and mm-hmm. we're explicitly uh, not following it and then throwing our hands up and being like, the gap is just way too big. I'm like, oh, these players are either like too good, but they're not good enough for MLS. So we're going to send them somewhere else or they're going to go play in tournaments this summer. It's just it's it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy sad. that we have a coach that says like he's too good for USL, but not good enough for MLS. And we're like one of the like we're not a good team in MLS. Yeah, we're middle of the table. If we were like competing for MLS cup, like year in year out, then I could kind of see an argument being like, uh, he might not be good enough for this really good MLS team. Yeah. We've got that. Matt we've got Porters here. And yeah. Thomas and Olave. Is Let me tell you, we I, I didn't, don't, I didn't mention that other team. players on that U 20 team, uh, who are active MLS contributors. Like for instance, Jack McGlynn, who has 42 appearances for the Philadelphia union. Who's on that U 20 team. Specifically, again, the Philadelphia Union. We have uh, like Caden Clark, for instance, who not only is a Leipzig player, or he, he not only played a lot at Red Bull uh, New York, but was loaned to, or sold to Leipzig and is being loaned back to Red Bull New York uh, to play there. Like, I mean, every one of these players, um, aside from like, I don't know, Jaden Neal, but all these other MLS guys are like putting in and getting in MLS minutes. And it's not like Diego Luna looked out of sorts with the U20s. Like he looked better than almost every other player at the U20s last summer. And 
our coach is like, the jump is just way too big to make it into this incredibly stacked RSL team that's just competing for titles year in and out because of how amazing. I mean, like our 10, the guys he's up against, like I said, like we don't even know what he's going to be capable of this year. Like there's a huge question mark there. And to yeah, just be it, like, yeah, he's might not be good enough for this is just that's that's the really other point bad. is like if we had a 10 that was putting up 10 goals and 10 assists every year, which, by the way, is not very many players in this league do that. Yeah. But if we had that guy and he was on this team and Diego Luna was behind that guy. Good argument. Fair enough. We're going to get 10 goals and 10 assists out of this million dollar player that we've got. That is kind of unique and special in this league. We don't have that guy. Demir is a good player. I love Demir. I hope he sticks around for the rest of his life because he's such a cool guy, (laughs) but he is not the soccer player. He was three years ago and the soccer player. He was two or three years ago is not a 10 goal, 10 assist guy. It's not even a number 10 is the other thing is like, yeah, he's, he's not a 10. He's not a nine, but he made that work. I'm like, not saying he won't be like like an above average ten in this league. Like I, th- I think that's as that, a designated that's a real player, possibility. Yeah, I think that's that's perfectly fine to to expect. And I wouldn't be surprised if he were if he had a really successful year at the ten. I but just if, he he was an eight, and then we made him a striker. Like that was what happened with him in, at RSL, and then he's he, just kind of played the ten off and on. If he comes out of this year playing majority number 10 position-ish and he comes out with 10 goals and 10 assists, like that's league-wide story of the year. Yeah. yeah. Like that's comeback that's player in, of the year. comeback yeah. player of the year, your, your league MVP. Like that's the discussion that we're having if Demir Krylock does that. You're not going into the season going like, oh yeah, that's pretty standard. Demir is a 10, 10 goals, 10 assists. Book it. Like yeah. that's... That's not the situation. I love Demir and I want him to be successful for this team and I want this team to be successful, but we're like, this is wishing and praying for Demir to get 10 goals and 10 assists. And I don't think that's a a negative pessimistic viewpoint at all. You know where we should start with Demir? Kind of realistic. We should start with 10 appearances. (laughs) That's for real. Yeah, this is I, and that's that's the guy that Diego Luna isn't good enough to, to like compete with. He's got to get as good as Demir. And like you yeah, said it, there's there's like 15 players on that U20 team that are as good as or worse than Diego Luna to people who watch all that stuff, but Diego Luna can't crack the RSL starting 11. Yeah, yeah like you, you tell me I, like I watched that I watched all those U20 games last year and you you really mean to tell me that I would would really like heavily heavily prefer Jack McGlynn over Diego Luna I, having watched that tournament no like I just I just I mean Jack McGlynn's he's a he's a good player but Diego Luna was really great in that tournament and I feel like we have so much to see from him and he I feel like he has a lot to offer and I he's not going to get the this chance here he's just not unless no, I mean, like, maybe Demir get and like god forbid Demir gets really hurt and can't play I don't want that to happen, but the only way I see it happening is, and you know what, quite honestly, I'm not even convinced even then because Demir was hurt all of last season and we barely saw Diego then too. So, um, yeah, anyway, it's really, it's really dumb to buy a player, bring him into your team that doesn't fit the system that you want to play. It's really dumb to do that to a young kid. And it's really dumb to then go back and say, 
oh yeah, he's just not good enough. Like, no, you made a bad buy. You bought a player that doesn't fit your system and you're just going to like offload the player, which again, I hope we do offload Diego and I hope we offload him for money because that's the only way that like any of that looks good on this team. Cause it's not a good idea to pay a bunch of money for a kid, sit him on the bench and sing his praises as he's a good player. And then yeah, none as of a this fan is of good. the national team, I would like Diego Luna to go play in the air divisie or something for a little for while real. and go do Taylor Booth stuff. Like, yeah, uh, do that. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I don't want, I'm not as somebody who used to really love national team players playing for RSL. I am at the stage where if you're a young player, you are not coming here to be a national team player. Uh, like you should try to get out if you can. So. Yeah. Yeah. Selfishly, um, I like when RSL does well, but I, uh, for these players' sake, it's not a good place to be if you're trying well, to crack in the national this team, is, clearly. This is the part that really gets me. is like, I want Diego Luna to play for RSL because he will do well for RSL. Yeah, he's a he good makes player. RSL a better team if he's the number 10. Yeah. Like, RSL is shooting know. themselves in the foot by trying than, to... Like, if we have Demir, but, like, he's worth, play- he's worth playing. <laughs> At least, like... <laughs> With the guy that we don't know what we're going to get at. Anyway, I just don't like yeah. the com- the comments really just rub me the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could say that I thought it was just about age and that Pablo doesn't understand young players. And I think that that plays a role. But I really like the more I think about it, the more I keep coming back to like, this is about height and it's about size and it's about all of that. So I'm looking back at at one of Pablo's rosters for Colorado Rapids, 2016. Uh, and they've got Axel Sjoberg, who, who is over two meters tall, which is something in feet and it's inches. Like, it's like six foot eight is how tall he is. He's yeah, he's insane. incredibly tall. But he was flanked by other extremely tall center backs. And I think Pablo just doesn't like short players. Like, I, I wish I could say it's not about height. It's not about just pure physicality but there's more to the game than that for pablo but i i mean i honestly don't think i can say that with a straight face anymore axel schoberg played uh for the colorado rapids between 2015 and 2019 he had 88 appearances and then 2020 he signed for columbus crew went on loan to san antonio 20 uh he i guess was traded to dc and then 2021 he was playing for san antonio fc in for all four of those teams, he made a combined 18 appearances mm-hmm. and then retired. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to dog on this guy too much, but he, he wasn't, wasn't good. He wasn't great. Yeah. And Pablo gave him 88 games. Cause yeah. he's six foot seven. And just yeah. like the general comments about how we plan to play. I just like, do we think that verticality and uh is gonna benefit like i think about other players (laughs) some we just very recently signed uh jefferson saverino and uh andres gomez like these aren't tall vertical players they're not vertical players either and it seems to go pretty i mean the our best vertical player i think other than demir clearly is like anderson julio who I don't know what our plan is there really either. Our planet striker is very convoluted. Yeah. Um, this 
I just am really unclear about like this, all this talk about vertical play and height being such a big thing when uh, our best player on the field is how tall is Jefferson Sabrina? It's like five. Oh, he's probably five, about eight. the same height as Hazi. Uh, he's listed at five, seven. Okay. Yeah. So he's probably like, an inch shorter than that because that's, <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah. I just, so he's like, my size. When we, when I a think very about respectable the, size on the soccer pitch, when I think about the players we have on this team, I just, other than Demir, like I, the comments about like the way Julio or uh, Luna wants to play, I don't know. I just miss, <laughs> I miss being a team that played. Plays attractive soccer, but whatever. LeBron needs two points to break the record. So. This is this is where it really like all comes down to for me. Like Diego Luna, the conversation about playing him or not playing him, and and his size and the, his style of play, and whether you sign a player that you don't actually have any plans to play, like that's all one conversation to have. But what really gets me about the verticality conversation and the size and and strength and pace things that Pablo keeps bringing up that works great. If you have a number nine, (laughs) we don't. So you're, you're wanting to play a style that we again, don't have the players for you're just, you're, you're driving the car into a wall and you're backing it up and then driving it into a wall again. And then you're backing up and saying, this wall is going to move if I drive at it. And then you're going to drive it into the wall again. And the wall wins every single time. It's, I'm not <sighs> excited about this, this team or the season. I, I'm really excited for the season. I I'm want the season to begin. Games. I want, I, wish I really want to start start. going to games again. <laughs> I'm really happy to be doing that and Me seeing too. all you guys and seeing all of our friends and tailgating and the whole everything. I'm stoked for that. But this team does not look like it's going to be playing entertaining or fun soccer at all, or or winning soccer. And we've yeah, already talked I about mean, that. This this team does not have a culture of winning, and like this is yeah, we're seeing the that for sure. That this this is the second year in a row we've lost our uh, leading goal scorer and haven't really replaced them. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, Lost for nothing. I mean, he was on loan, of course. Yeah, uh, but Albert, Albert being the first one, uh, Sergio being the second one, and we've replaced Sergio with uh, a draft pick, and um, we lost Bobby Wood, which I don't think is obviously a huge loss, but that's another striker that we've uh, really just replaced with a guy that we barely played in, uh, Danny Musovsky. So we've got Rubio Rubin, who... Uh, took 10 months to get up to speed last year because he missed preseason, according to Pablo. <laughs> uh, we have Danny Musovsky, who did... He's injured. Who, is, is he currently injured? Yeah, I believe okay. so. Uh, Hell yeah. yeah. Love we it. got a, a draft pick at striker in uh, Elijah Paul. So, I I don't know. Maybe Elijah Paul is going to be our starting striker. But... This is what I'm saying. If we had... If, if Elijah Paul and Burton Jackson work out like I think we're probably like I'm genuinely planning on seeing a lot of them this season, and to be honest, I'm kind of fine with it. I hope I we, hope, I hope we drafted them with the intention of playing mm-hmm. them, especially since we traded up to get Elijah Paul. Especially like, we, also since we're using an international slot on Burton Jacobson as well. Yeah, 
I really hope that those guys turn out to be guys and those guys work out. Oh, but LeBron just did it. Congratulations, Mr. James. Um, I was talking to Sarah Todd recently and I asked, do you think you could field a good team, like a, a top tier NBA team uh, with players that just have uh, first names for last names? And the answer was resoundingly, it would be the best team in the league, which I thought was very fun. And so I, in a future episode, I'd like us to do the same thing with the name Brian. (laughs) That's all. I like that a lot. I don't think the uh, result would be the same. In these these, like historic moments uh, in these games, like it's kind of funny because the game is ostensibly still going on. Like LeBron scored, looked like he got fouled as well, but like, his son is on the court, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is on the court. Like <laughs> this is the middle of the game still. Uh, the clock's not running, but there's like a bazillion photographers on the court. There's it's a whole thing. Amazing. Da- is that his daughter? I don't know what's going on. Uh, so yeah, this is anyway. Shout out to Le- LeBron James. Yeah, that, we've immortalized nice this moment in time, similarly to the COVID moment. Yeah, we're we're really a uh, basketball's greatest hits podcast here. Yeah, we really, we really got it dialed in. Wow, the amount of this moment where LeBron's shooting this fadeaway jumper—oh, it wasn't a foul. They just like called the game. They just like they're like it's <laughs> they're like game over. Uh, the crowd was like exclusively people just holding their phones up filming. Which I mean, obviously you do have to film that moment. Well, you don't have to, but there are people who are filming it way better than you will. That's true. Uh, that's uh, and it will I, be every. You can't post that on your Instagram story as easily though. I feel very strongly about this in those moments. Like you shouldn't be filming it. You should just be watching it. There's a, everyone is filming. That. Somebody like else is going to film it and you can relive it there. Yeah. They're doing like a full. <laughs> Imagine in 2013, if I had filmed Ray Al Salt Lake losing in the U S open cup instead of. Why? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that got brought it? up earlier today in the slack and it gets brought up like, I feel like weekly. I'm kind of sick of that game being brought up, to be honest. It was one of the worst moments as an RSL fan. One of the worst moments of my life. I, yeah. <laughs> They're All playing right. a full tribute video mid-game, and like, <laughs> like did they? What kind of timeout is this? Did they, there's like a this special. Is a, this is a TV timeout. It just goes for as like long that. as they want it to be. Yeah. Wow. They're trying to get people off the court now. They're like, okay. Okay, guys. We, we've, we've had this enough. Anyway, sorry. And Three just do this key. during the State this of the foul. Union address. <laughs> Honestly, really insensitive. I want to hear what, all the, what other balloons we're going after next. Oh, yeah. All right. So the next item is that uh, Joni Menendez has been uh, recalled from loan and loaned, back, loaned out again, this time to Newell's Old Boys. Which stands as one of the greatest club names of all time. Was Johnny Menendez bought when Pablo was a coach? No. Yeah. No, it was right before. Oh, he was an assistant. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say his height on air, but. What a dumb signing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> nothing about that has worked out. Old Boys is a is a pretty cool club. They're like, a, it's nearly a 120 year old club, if I remember. I was reading about them the other day. Uh, when this was announced, they're Big Messi's stadium. childhood club. Childhood? They're the club that Messi went to Barcelona from. Really? I didn't even know that. They're also a team that Javier Morales played for. That's mm. also true. Yeah. Well, Javier Morales played for a couple teams in 
Yeah, he only played there six months. Yeah. So, um... They have a big old stadium. I hope he has fun playing there. That that seems like a cool team to play for. Weird signing from us, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, all right. The next is that there are rumors of us signing a forward. And as always, I think it's it's always believe it when you see it. So, yep. No names yet. Tom names Boger. are leaking out this year. So, yeah, that's fun. I like that. Tom Boger said this, correct? Yeah, I believe it was Tom. Nice. There you go. There's a, a glimmer of hope. I'm sure he'll be seven foot three uh, and look like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I definitely we're hoping just pull it's up uh, game Laurie Markkinen's brother happening. who plays striker, right? That's yeah. The, he is a little hope. old, but he is six seven, <clears throat> and I think that would be like I would I would sacrifice my morals to sign a jazz player's brother. I think that would be very funny. Incredible yeah. content. So there you go. Um, next up. <sighs> I had State of the Union on here, but we're going a little long, so I'm gonna we're gonna skip that one. Also, we didn't watch the State of the Union. We have no commentary on. <laughs> I've any had it in one year this whole time. <laughs> um, next up, oh, boy, this is a this is a good one. Uh, the playoff rules are changing again. Are the this is okay? So I not on Twitter very much today. This is something that I saw somebody was like, hey, this might be happening. Heavy emphasis on might. Is that true? Or is it this like, hey, the MLS came out and announced new playoff changes? It, like, is, where not, at- it is not yet announced. Uh, Pablo Mera reported on it. So, you know, it's true. Oh, my God. All right. So here, here are some of the highlights. Um, I hate everything you're about to say. I just want to yeah, go ahead. But I'm not a fan course, of any of this. Par for the course. Uh, there will be nine teams from each conference in the playoffs. Okay, so RSL might make the playoffs this year. Yeah, uh, the eighth and ninth teams play a, have a plan, correct? Yeah. Yep, they, they have a, a plan. The quarterfinal would be a best of three series. Sucks. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Sucks. Just like absolute garbage. Series. Yeah, it's so it's ridiculous. It's yeah. so ridiculous. How do you have a best of three? Are they going to have winners at the end of every single game? What happens if the first two games are ties? What happens if the first game is a tie? I don't know. I don't know. You just play two more. Yeah. How do you? Are they going to aggregate the scores across three games? No. No, I, I think they won't. Oh my god! Yeah. Do home goals count double? They better. No, I think <laughs> they should go back to the the home goals count for like point zero one more, which I think is perfect. They didn't Honestly, ever word it that way. They always said it was the tiebreaker, but I think just consider it point zero one more, and it'll it'll all work. The out. current format is pretty good, and they should just keep it like. That. Yeah, I, I like it the was current format year. more than the two leg thing we had going before. I think this is where it should be the single game elimination. I don't understand why, like no one, no one wants this besides just TV deals in the league. The team, the team, the league finally landed on a playoff like format that pretty much everybody was like, "Hey, this works. This is good. We got some good, compelling games. We got games, you know, that everybody's enjoying. Everybody's going all out in every single game, and every single playoff game matters." And they decided that they needed to go away from that. 
format. Yeah. Um, but this means everyone gets this. a home playoff game if they make the playoffs, not the play-in necessarily. Oh, well, thank God for that. The real important things. So uh, Ray also like needs a new goal because uh, their goal right now, as stated, is uh, play a home playoff game. That's like that's not a joke, by the way. I want to make it very clear. Yeah. Players have said that like that's the goal for the team this year is a home playoff game, which like I don't know. I feel like your goal should be a little bit higher than that. I I feel like baseline. That's a good like realistic expectation, but I don't want my players or my coaches like saying like, "Hey, this is what we're shooting for, guys." Mm -hmm. I want the team and the organization as a whole to be like, "We're going to win championships." But instead, we got guys being like, hey, man, we're going to get you a home playoff game this year. And then the league comes out and is like, everybody gets home playoff games. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks. This is so stupid. Yeah. Um. So here's a quote from an athletic article by, I think it was by Pablo. Quote, sources said that the motivations behind the likely change are to increase the overall number of matches to provide more inventory for MLS season pass on Apple TV and to create more game-related revenue for owners. Ding, ding, ding. The league, sources said, also wants the format change because it would ensure that every playoff participant hosts at least one postseason match. We're just handing out participation trophies in MLS this year. That's what we're doing. That's what the league is doing. If you made the playoffs, you get a participation trophy because what's really important is generating revenue for owners. I mean, that's all the league is. I mean, I know that I just really, I don't think that's quite accurate. I really wish model is just an investment model. Like I know that. And we know that. And I hate it, but the league shouldn't come out and say that. And that's exactly what this is. They're just like, Hey guys, we just want more of your money to go into owner's pockets. And (laughs) if that, that if that means that we dilute the quality of the league as a whole, we don't care. Yeah. We just see you as dollar bills and we want to make more of those flow in our direction because we know that you're all saps and as soon as you get a home playoff game, you're all going to be stoked and excited and spend all the money in the world to go to a home playoff game because you finally got one because your team actually sucks, but (laughs) we don't want you to feel that way. So, because home playoff games are the goal and if everybody meets the goal, then everybody's happy. I hate this so much. This is so stupid. Make the playoffs matter. If that's the format that you're going to do, like if that's what you're going to do, you're going to be a league with playoffs, make them matter. And if you're going to make them matter, you still have to make the regular season matter. And the way you make the regular season matter is by seeding it and giving home playoff games to teams that do good all year. I love the like whole thing sucks final thing or whatever, just because like literally that's never happened in all of like soccer <laughs> it's like doing a three a best of three best of three so i mean they're guaranteed at least two games in each thing uh, so there will be a minimum of 25 playoff matches played all right i really hope this doesn't happen i'm gonna be i mean never mind i hope this happens this is great i need this... to get the most out of my mls season pass on apple tv that's really what i'm concerned about i'm trying to get the most I... value out of that I need to log into that as often as possible. Yeah, yeah. I need to make up for the fact that we made a really short video and apparently we mi- we didn't understand the assignment. <laughs> yeah. 
anyway. All right. Do we want well, to still talk more verticality, or do you think we've no, covered that? No, that we already did that. I'm taking that off of that. That's <laughs> away. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. I just want to play some good, good old soccer, huh? Wanna, yeah. I just wish the season had started already. I'm just ready to watch some games so I can complain about what's actually taking place rather than what we know is going to take <laughs> place in the future. Well, uh, 18 days, I think it is. I'm double-checking that, that. But I think it's 18 days we start our season against Vancouver. Against Sergio Cordova, who's going to score it. <laughs> four goals on us. And you can watch it for free on Apple TV, whether you have MLS season pass or not. And I think the new mark of whether a team is a hot team or not is how many free games they get on Apple TV. We have two. Okay. Well, Wait, all we year we have two? We might have more. I don't know. We have two listed. Oh, there will probably be more. They're going to do six uh, every week. Six games will get will be free, which okay. honestly incredible. Like I think that's they're doing a good thing here. Uh, not a yeah, like thing. Oh, I don't mean to imply overall. That. We're we're huge big fans of the TV deal. This TV deal rules. It's awesome. But if they screw up the playoffs for the sake of a TV deal, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean. We got the big TV deal, and now teams are spending a lot more money. It's true. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think, I don't it, think is it is either. either. And maybe we overpaid on the left back, but we have the money. That's fine. Uh, first home game is March 11th against Austin. Tickets are on sale at rsl.com slash tickets slash single. I think uh, you can also get tickets on SeatGeek, RSL's did the whole league go to SeatGeek or was it just RSL or just a couple of RSL no longer uses access. You have to create a SeatGeek account, get tickets through SeatGeek. Uh, SeatGeek's cool. Hashtag ad, I guess. There was confusion with like the whole free scarf thing that wasn't really free because of the fees or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. uh, The... I hope the fees I saw on SeatGeek are not like uh, a thing that's going to be like like the access was pretty cheap on the fees i feel like mm. compared to i guess we'll see what SeatGeek is i haven't i haven't really looked at games for this upcoming season um but yeah yeah season tickets are also on sale if you want to become a rsl season ticket holder sure i <sighs> yeah. um, you come come suffer with us Suffering it's is not always suffering. It's through usually suffering really you build fun. joy. And Sometimes it is very fun to go to RSL games. Um, most of the time, that's not because of the team playing. Sometimes it is. <laughs> Sometimes it can be. 43 years. What's the, the number in? Uh, it's been years. 84 uh, years. Is it 84? What, the Titanic thing? Oh, it is 84. Wow. I know my that's memes. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, how old do you think that is that lady supposed to be like 105? Well, the Titanic happened in 1912 yeah. and that movie came out in like 1996 then. So do the math. 97. Huh. Are you, Are you guys familiar I don't know. with uh, this movie that's being <clears throat> promoted called Cocaine Bear? I have seen the trailer and I'm like day one. I'm going to see that in theaters. <clears throat> I think they're trying to capture people like Trevor. It's a, it, it a stars, operation. it stars a guy 
who was in a really good Sundance movie I saw called uh, Fair Play. Okay. And this guy also was Han Solo in the Han Solo movie. I totally forgot that that was him. Hmm. Uh, pretty forgettable, I think, in Han Solo. I forgot that movie was even a thing. Yeah. Uh, but the Fair Play movie I saw, very good. And he's in Cocaine Bear. So hmm. hoping for the best from from uh, Mr. That Guy. I also, also saw... Got- this is like really weird having this going while we've been recording, but I did see a commercial. I didn't, I obviously can't hear any of this, but like it was people congratulating LeBron James, I can only assume. And let me be the first to congratulate LeBron James. By the way. <laughs> uh, I just want to get out ahead of Jay-Z who was courtside, but the first podcast to congratulate Yeah, the first LeBron podcast James. to congratulate LeBron James. Uh, I will also say that this commercial contained Snoop Dogg first, Magic Johnson second, and then Drake who did something I couldn't hear what he said, but he did something really corny, and I could just feel how corny his whole thing did was. He, he did put on a Lakers jersey with Drake yeah. on the back. He was holding a basketball, did like a crossover, like, and he like dribbled between his legs, and then was like, "Congrats!" LeBron. I don't know what he was saying, but it was very Drakey. Uh, like he's, we get that LeBron of, plays is it basketball. The Raptors. He's a big fan of. Yeah, well, he's he from likes, Toronto, he, so he like, sees himself as kind of like the sixth man <laughs> on the Raptors, yeah. right. where he stands courtside and. Yeah, he, he I, kind I'm more of, of a twelfth man sort of guy. Me too. This Basketball, is soccer, man. it's all the same. Twelfth man, football too. Twelfth man. Oh yeah. Anyway, Cocaine Bear um, looks like the dumbest movie of all time, and that's why looks I'm good. so excited about it. Yeah, it looks cool. Um, it says it's I... inspired by true events, and I have no idea how true that is, but I hope it's the most true. Should I see the whale? I yeah, that's the Brendan Fraser one. Okay. I'm going to say yes, because it's it's uh, apparently really good. And Brendan Fraser makes his big comeback. And everybody thinks he's the greatest guy in the world now. Which I'm sure it's there's a lot a, of truth to. A little uh, make-a-wishy, don't, don't you think? It, it feels a little make-a-wishy. a little make-a-wish. But if, he, if he's good in the movie, I'm not like saying I'm fine he's not a good actor. And I like Brendan, but it kind of feels like... Mm. Everybody's kind of congratulating him <laughs> on doing his job again? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, like he's a like, yeah, he's up against like Banshees of Inisherin, like Colin Farrell and Banshees of Inisherin. Like, come on, come on, yeah. Like, all right. Well, whatever. if I see it, I'll report back. But uh, if I don't, if I see then it, I'll report I back too. We'll see if I see it. Who knows? Is it yeah. available for me to pirate yet? Oh, probably, almost <laughs> certainly. We're in Oscar wanna... season, so everything is. All right. Well, let me figure that out, and then I'll let you, I'll get back to you guys. Yeah, let me know, and uh, maybe I'll watch it in the same way, legally, of course. It All right, let's end this podcast before we incriminate ourselves. At movie theaters tomorrow, I might go watch it tomorrow. We'll see. All right. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. I've loved this. Thank you. And uh, we will we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye, everyone. We will. Okay. Bye. See you soon.